Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is actually uh, brought to you by Nick and Justin. What's up, boys? Here we are. Yo, yo, yo. On the ads. Now you guys are going to listen to these ads because we're not here all the time. Dude, it blows my <laughs> mind. People actually have listened to the ads, and, th- and that's what reminds me, or that reminds me, this show's brought to you by you guys. Man, so many months ago, I started the ad with like, hey, like super, I, I, I didn't know what to say. Like, hey, this ad's brought to you by you guys. Um, we want to do this trip. I don't like know how to ask. Like, sh- is it awkward to ask? Is it weird? Can I start a GoFundMe? Like, I don't know what to do, guys. Help me out. And immediately, a handful of guys, the next day, three people immediately volunteered to help us. Uh, said and done, we had the Deland Air show done. We're going to talk more about it in the show. But today's show is brought to you by who? The fans. By, by all of our supporters that sent us on such a great trip. Man. That was awesome. We, we thank you guys. We can't thank you enough. Also brought to you by Performance Designs. We'll talk about them during the show because, gosh, we spent a lot of time watching Nick get himself in the nose with a microphone. No, it hit me right in the teeth. <laughs> oh. Right there. You see it? <laughs> the but, mics aren't quite set where they were. <laughs> hey, you know you know what, uh, what shit out today from Performance Design? Um, your new t-shirt. Uh, I mean, maybe there's a T-shirt coming along with it. I got this one. Ha ha! I I did notice that the moment I walked in. The Valkyrie. Yes, my Valkyrie ship today. If that's what we're getting back to. Yeah, yeah, man. It's pink. I'm pretty excited about it, dude. Mm. No big deal. You don't need to tell everyone you know about it. It's not a big deal or anything. You ordered <laughs> it. How long did it take you to design that canopy, and how many more did you design? Uh, well, I went through a phase of like finding other canopies that I liked and then blatantly ripping them off. And then I think I'd settled on the design of like, yep, this is going to be it. And then I'd feel guilty, like from a creative standpoint of like, man, I can't just rip off someone's canopy design. I got to I gotta make it me. I got to make it my own. So I went through a few, uh, I probably went through three or four that I felt pretty committed to when I made them. And then overnight, it would be like, nah, I got to change it. So I settled on, uh, yeah, I don't know what version it was, but... Uh, that's like the same thing I, I did. I didn't have to steal it from anyone directly. I saw ones that I liked and like messed around with the different cells being like a different arrangement of how it is mm-hmm. and like played with the rib colors and made like four of them and just slept on it for a few days. Uh, man, PD's canopy designer is pretty sweet and not it's just so cool. not just to pimp their products and not because we jumped their stuff and not because they've helped us out. It's just fun to get on there and design a canopy. So much fun. Uh, especially like the, the small stuff with cross braces and playing with the internal colors of the canopy and making it show through the white. And you can uh, there's a little button that expands all the pieces so you can see all the different pieces that make up the canopy. You can color them all individually. It's super badass, and it's going to make you want to get a new canopy, so go get on there and design <laughs> one. How cool is it to explode other parts and just mess with them all yeah. and then put it back together and fly around it in 3D? It's yep. really neat. I like that shit. It's I, anytime I have to order, I get to order a canopy. I want to order a canopy. I it's a task because you sit there for like four hours coloring canopies. Like you don't even care about these colors anymore. It's just fucking cool to see the things you can do with it. Um, we can't thank Performance Designs enough. Uh, I really quickly do want to throw a shout out to a couple of our other uh, folks who helped us out. Um, Velocity Sports Equipment. I cannot wait. Um, our next live episode, we're actually going to do a one away next week, um, unless something happens. But next week has just got a super hectic schedule for Nick um, and for a couple of us in other ways. Uh, but Night jumps. Safety day. Safety day. Yeah, dude. Safety day's coming up. We'll talk a little bit, I guess, about that tonight. Um, but uh, the next live show is going to actually have the marketing kid from Velocity Sports Equipment, Blake Johnson. And, uh, dude, we cannot thank Velocity Sports Equipment. Did you know his middle name is Long? No, <laughs> that's not true. But that's what—that's how he's in my phone. Oh my god! Dude, that, oh, <laughs> I thought his parents had the best fucking sense of humor yeah, for now. Great. 
Um, no, we I can't thank uh, Infinity and Velocity Sports Equipment enough for what they've done uh, to help us out, what they've done to support the show, uh, the things they've done to support you guys, the listeners. And I'll tell you, support you guys, the listeners. I do have a 20% gift certificate, 20% off an Infinity rig. Um, that is something we're actually going to share with one of the listeners, one of the fans. We'll talk a little bit more about that tonight uh, or whenever we figure it out. Um, I have it in my pocket. Is that going to so. be a live show giveaway? Dude, I will figure that out. Let's do that. Um, So uh, anyways, the ads, uh, thank you to VSE, VelocityRigs.com. Check them out. Most comfortable rig on the market. Uh, Pedro had to make a jump. Uh, He jumps like a Velocity Valkyrie, right? Mm -hmm. Our AFF training jumps, if you jump those canopies, it's just... You mean Pedro Ramos, our our STP instructor? Our Venezuelan buddy. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. It's more likely to open up a line twist doing AFF practice jumps as an evaluator. Because you got someone riding through. Hold on to my harness, gotcha. right? So he jumps my Spectre for one of those jumps. He lands, he goes, oh my God. Oh my, and he freaked the fuck out. I had no clue how comfortable these rigs were. I'm buying a new one. As soon as I have the money. And he immediately hmm. started. He went and told every other friend on the whole Venezuelan corner. He's like, Man, if, if you, if you <laughs> see like me on the drop zone and you want to try my rig on, I, I know that... I don't. I don't know. Uh, several. I'll just say several people have tried on my rig and had that be the, you know, the the final factor of oh yeah, this these these rigs are as comfortable as you guys say. I'm gonna order one. So uh, if you ever see me walking around and I'm not in a rush running around, you want to try my rig on? I'd be happy to let you. So if you're a small child or a small hey, woman, you know what? See Nick to try his rig on. <laughs> I like both of those people. <laughs> small small women and small children. Man, at least you weren't like a homeboy in a kindergartner the other day. <laughs> Balake, <laughs> uh, it's a burger. It's called the Kindergartner. Don't even go there, guys. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to talk about that on the show too. <laughs> we right? are absolutely. So, guys and gals, go to Velocity Rigs. Check them out. Uh, if you order straight through them through VSE at VelocityRigs.com and mention Gravity Lab Radio, they will give you the free back pad upgrade, mesh back pad upgrade. Uh, they released a super cool video the other day. How long is that video, Nick? Fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. It is a teaser. It is a trailer. It's, it's only one misspelling. No big deal. Sorry. What's it say? Marred <laughs> release date. I don't remember because I didn't notice because I was so captivated by the imagery. It was a beautiful <laughs> uh, group of jumpers. Yeah. So guys and gals, without any further ado, we're going to wrap up these ads. We'll be... I'm the target of a meat miss of 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting. All I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Yo, 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 what is up, honky? Oh, is it happening? It's happening, Jack. I was right in the middle of uh, sending a text message. How are y'all doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man, but I got to push buttons over here. Okay, <laughs> I got you guys on the screen. We're good to go. Man, we're live. Are we live? I think, I think so. so. Is this thing on? I mean, Is you got on? the button, right? I got the button. Hey, man. So we're back from the, uh, where did we go again? God damn, the uh, land. The land. How are you struggling to come up with the word the land? It was <laughs> a cold start. After having said it a million times. It was a cold start. <laughs> uh, I, my brain broke for a second. Um, see, now I forgot what I was going to say about that. <laughs> Oh, so this is a really strong start oh so my far. God, Thank my, you guys. If you listen to what's happened so far, <laughs> you're still with us. Thank you for being a good friend. <laughs> we took we did the uh, ads a second ago, a few minutes ago, and we took a break, and everybody started getting on their phones. And out of nowhere, I just started in it. <laughs> well, just so you know, Carlos is the one who uh, just texted me and has my attention right now. And so if you have heard the previous uh, podcast where Carlos gives out his phone number, feel free to call <laughs> Carlos and tell him to leave me alone. 
man, that's a strong move. Maybe I should give out his phone number again. <laughs> uh, let me look it up. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. Man, so we're, we we just got back actually a couple weeks ago now from the Deland Air has Show. It, it has been a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been like almost, it's been just shy, one day shy of two weeks. But, I mean, Justin hit the ground running because he landed from Houston and went straight to another vacation. Oh, yeah. Like, didn't even leave the fucking airport. New Orleans. So good for you. <laughs> we'll catch up with that in a minute. You and I got back, and I don't think either one of us have had our head above water long enough to but catch a breath. I definitely haven't had a day off since I got back. Nope. We had a day off, and we'll talk about that today. Uh, that was half a day. Dude, and we do, dude. It was good. <laughs> so the Stuff Your Face Food Festival. So tonight, guys and gals, we're going to talk about, um, first of all, why DJ... See, I'm on camera, bitch. Uh, I don't know why you're uh, saying mean words to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, camera. There you go. Uh, no, we're going to talk about the Deland Air Show, our trip, what happened there. We're also going to talk a good bit about uh, the food festival, Stuff Your Face Festival, and uh, whatever other shit, man. Guys and gals, if you are listening, uh, watching live, please ask questions. We are tuning in. We are watching. Uh, we are open to all questions, especially anything particular about the show or the Deland Air Show. So uh, how was the trip, fellas? You go first. Man, I'm just... Can't get over how much more comfy it is over here. This is nice. Yeah, Have there's a lot less buttons in your things, face too. But no now you got to talk to me, so it can't be all good. Yeah, it was it was super nice to to get away from work and not have like hectic shit come up. But more than that, I feel like it's a, a once in a lifetime type thing to be able to have those kind of people with a private audience, literally captive and <laughs> trapped in a room. Like you have to talk to us. And especially considering the stories they were telling, like I did not expect that at all. I thought it was going to be, you know, more uh, sharing knowledge and uh, the typical, typical presentations that they give in front of other people to be able to crack like the personal bubble yeah, and get those, the backgrounds and the stories about everything. That was freaking like, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. I'm, I w- sure, I'm sure it must be so different. I mean, those guys have, I mean, many of our guests have all spoken about whatever their area of expertise is or whatever their story is in front of big audiences before. And it's kind of the same thing that happens on a podcast, but the ad- audience is far away. So, like, there's n- not a real concern to entertain the audience. So it just, you know, it's just that, that natural conversation. It felt like we were sitting on the back porch drinking beers, just hanging out. Uh, with Anna, we were, man. Yeah. An empty bottle. Is that <laughs> we, dr- we drank with just that one guest. Though, that, right? that was it, yeah. man. So the, they get them to crack outside their bubble. I was extremely clear when I communicate and talk to every guest, like, hey, man, if I wanted to know more about your skydiving and, and that background. You better put that camera back. There on. are a bunch of, <laughs> man, I thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Nick. There are a bunch of videos out there of you guys talking about that. So I want to break the third wall. I want to break that curtain and pull it down. I, I just want to talk about you. Let's have a good time. And I was super stoked because I didn't know how well-received that was going to be. I didn't know if, if John LeBlanc or Bill Booth, and those are the two I was the most worried about, would sit there and still talk about what they've done in the sport. But what they talked about in the sport was the fun shit, the cool shit, mm-hmm. the goofy shit. And uh, if you listen to these shows in order on the podcast, then you'll have no spoilers about Bill or John tonight. If you don't listen to these in order and you listen to this before Bill or John, we might have some spoilers. And we're not going to try too much, but we're going to talk about all the guests and what we did. So you will hear some, eh, fuck it, spoilers. Yeah, I was really surprised at the stuff that, that Bill said and like how how a lot of these things came to be and like his background living up on the drop zone. I was like, oh man, that's freaking awesome. Where's my phone here? What'd you lose? My oh, no, this is my phone right here. Yeah, I was... Uh, I'm sure I mentioned this before because I feel like I've said these exact words, but the f- like that you would be like, man, this is Bill Booth. He's telling some Bill Booth story, <laughs> and it seems like he's 
you know, this this certain level of professional and this respectable yeah. older guy. And then he just says some shit that's like straight up skydiver. You yeah. Know? And it's like, oh, man, we, we, you are one of us. I get it. This is great. Yeah, because you almost look at him as like this this great inventor, businessman, developer. Like he built all this shit. And you don't think about him as being just another dude at the drop zone that you bullshit with that has all these cool stories. I was really surprised to hear about his uh, how he got into skydiving. Uh, and I guess if you maybe I won't spoil that story, but if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it because it's pretty uh, pretty awesome. But uh, we took a tour of the UPT facility right before we had Bill Booth on, and you know I I don't I still don't know if Bill Bill walked in on our on our tour as it was happening right, like right when at we the were beginning, in yeah. his office, yeah. and I don't know if he put two and two together that we who were in his <laughs> office were the same people that ended up. Like that, he came to to the podcast with us. I don't know because he's probably walked in on how many tours, you right. know. That he, I don't know if he even thought to look at our faces and think about who the people were. So I don't know that if he walked into that the tour and caught us there. I don't know if he knows right now that those are the same people that talked to him on the podcast. I think he might have known, not because he recognized any of us, but number one, I've never like of all the things in Deland I've got to do, and I've I've done a lot of this shit there for fun. I've never gone to UPT, mm-hmm. but everybody I've heard it from says if Bill Booth runs into you on the tour, it's going to be a little bit longer. He's going to quickly engage and talk to you and get involved. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the dude's a f- great toy, to- toy steller. Baby, he tells a great story. My God, my God, neither can I, though. Um, and he walked through and he looked at us and he immediately kind of turned his head and like avoided us, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And I'm positive Tom, because Tom knew we were doing this. Tom got us into the tour at that point. Uh, people who were helping keep him on schedule knew we were all there. So I, I'm pretty sure they said, by the way, the guys interviewing you are doing the tour right now. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I I guess I wouldn't be surprised to know if either one were, were true. But uh, he definitely didn't seem too keen on uh, interacting with us when we were doing the tour. Yeah. Were, were there any parts of that tour that you were sh- super uh, shocked or surprised by? Or maybe the most impressive part of the tour for you? I just thought it was really cool to see um, which which components come in, like already manufactured, and what they make there. Um, you know what what it, what actually comes in, and the quality assurance part. I think that was probably the coolest part was seeing the the inventory and and knowing their procedure on how they test everything. Yeah, how they test the hardware and how that they test the webbing. That seemed ridiculous. Pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, it's extremely thorough that, you know, they test one out of every batch. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot of testing that they go through. And, you know, it's understandable why, but it's it, it's more than I thought that they would do back there. I, I was grateful that we got to uh, tour UPT before talking to Bill just because it, it just kind of put the yeah. whole, you know, the size of the company into perspective and, you know, what sort of person he must be to be able to to grow that thing and to, uh, <laughs> I think it takes a certain amount of strength to be able to take a back seat in running a company like that. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he's the founder, he's the inventor of all these things, that you can tell everyone there has a job and that every person who's worked there has taken, you know, some level of, you know, responsibility off of him so he doesn't have to do everything every anymore. And that's got to be a hard thing to do to build this thing from the ground up, and then to take a step back and, and over just, all your little babies. Yeah, to sit all these there people. and watch all these people yeah. who. I mean, you can't possibly know every person that works in that building on mm-hmm. a very intimate level, right? You got a hundred people working in that building. 
And it's like you could only have so much time with each one of them. So essentially you're seeing s- people that are kind of like strangers that are running this thing that you built with your own hands. This has got to feel uh, odd, I would think. And I think it's uh, admirable how removed he's able to, to be. I'd say the other part that really stood out to me was seeing all the gear that I don't see, you know, as a civilian skydiver, all the military stuff, like the the risers and harnesses for the 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 military tandem gear and all the all the extra weight that that stuff has to hold, like just the the extra ring, for example, on the on the really big yeah uh, the fourth ring yeah the fourth ring yeah. that's pretty cool to see all that that that's out there that. I've never been exposed to. You know, it, it took me a while of looking at the, like, I'm so used to seeing all three rings when I look at a three-ring assembly, right? Yeah, yeah. When I look at your gear, I see three rings. But I didn't, like, I was looking at it for, oh, maybe it took me five or ten seconds to really put together, oh, that's a three-ring minus the big ring that lives <laughs> on the harness. Yeah, when you're just looking at the riser. So, yeah, it's like, he's and he was trying to explain to me that, that, there was something extra about it. It's like, well, fuck, it looks like a three ring to me. One, two, three, there they are. <laughs> but not realizing the giant ring was uh, was missing that lives on the on the harness. I had, a, I had a good time going through a lot of the equipment gear stuff because I'm familiar with a lot of it. And even the things I haven't seen in person, I've heard of. So when he sh- shows me the three, the four ring, I hadn't seen it in person. I'm like, oh, okay, it looks what I'd expect. And then I sit there and I a lot of the tours, I stood back and watched you guys, partially because like... You said it, Justin. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And guys and gals, go to UPT every day, I believe, every weekday. I believe it's every day. At 2 o'clock, they do the tour. But contact them on their website. Um, We did get a little special treatment. They ran the tour early for us because we had Bill Booth on. But, I mean, we got actually, you'll get a better tour than we did because we asked Mark to cut it short, right? But watching you guys look around, watching you just take it all and, and... Justin, I don't think you've ever been in a container manufacturer at no. all. Nick, you've been in one, and I love... I've been to uh, Velocity more recently, and then Mirage, like, 2010. And I, and, and I love both companies, great people. Velocity Sports Equipment Infinity, absolutely by far love them. But they don't make all this military gear, all this tandem gear. They don't do all this other extra contracts. Makes UPT tons bigger. And, like, it's, holy shit, that place is huge. It's a big place. I was definitely surprised by... Uh, I mean, the square footage is one thing, and then just the number of different uh, departments that they have going, and how. Um, I mean, part of me, part of me is fascinated by how uh, specialized it can be, and then part of me feels bad when I just think about how um, repetitive some of those tasks might be. That if that was your your job all day, every day, and you weren't a skydiver, I don't know how. Uh, how you would deal with that other than listening to, to podcasts and yeah. and books all day. Did you notice how many people uh, on the factory floor had earbuds, earbuds? Pretty much everybody. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much everyone. I mean, and that's I w- that's what I would be doing. I'd be listening to stupid shit like this to to get through my day, man. Sorry, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> passing our time, your time with us. Words. God damn, man. The other part <sighs> that was really cool to me, because I've been to a lot of manufacturing facilities, mm-hmm. Um, just with relation to oil and gas and uh, electrical manufacturing. Like, I've seen how all kinds of electrical gears made, you know, from 35 kV down to 120 volt. And, um, you know, how, how gas turbines are made and uh, expander compressors, like really, really um, high-tech machinery that spins at 10,000 RPM and has it can't fly apart, to how those processes and procedures translate uh, to their manufacturing facilities, you know, with the ISO uh, 9000 standards that they have to meet. It's actually extremely similar in 
just the overall flow of how everything works and the QAQC that has to take pla place between every step and the material traceability that has to happen and everybody's got their little job to do. Uh, it's just, it's kind of neat to see, you know, someone uh, sewing a container or a, a parachute together, how similar that is to like balancing a, a turbine rotor blade. That's kind of cool. Just seeing a technician who's super good at their at their craft yeah. doing their thing. And they're just, you know, their money on that thing and they're, Way faster than you could ever hope to be just trying it out for the That's first time. That's how I time. feel about all those sewing machines. Like, I ran uh, the, the bar tack machine today. I did two whole bar tacks. And I just had that, that you know, kind of a flashback to being in both uh, UPT and uh, PD and seeing how quickly they run those machines. Uh, you want to move that mic? Is the microphone in Justin's way? Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah. He's done, I've done this to him. Like, just oh, go ahead yeah. and put it out of the stand. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, but um, just how yeah, just what you were saying about how you seeing someone who's skilled at their craft run their machine, and it's like I take so long to run a, a line of thread on the single stitch machine, and then you just go into one of these production facilities and you have see people running those machines as fast as they go, and that makes me think I would sew my finger to <laughs> any part of a uh, parachute system. I did a little bit when I was in college. I worked for a resistor manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So we'd actually trim uh, thin film uh, platinum uh, resistors under a microscope. And there was all kinds of steps that happen until the final product is developed. But a lot of them went to very high, highly sensitive instruments um, for like uh, ground penetrating radar and to NASA. Uh, they actually use them in the space shuttle, which is kind of neat. But it is extremely mundane. Like, I don't know. I did it for, uh, shoot, I don't know, four months while I was in college. And... I would get there first thing in the morning, you know, smell all these chemicals and stuff, and you're looking at this intense light under the microscope and get to the point where I was starting to nod off and impale my eyeballs and they'd be sore. It's like, I don't know how... Uh, you have definitely have to have the right mentality and personality to be able to sit there and be perfect at that one thing you do, and, and that's what you do. I think I can engage in a task like that for a certain <coughs> duration of time. Like, I don't think I could do it all day and every day. But there, there's, for me, just my brain feels really rewarded by doing a thing really neat. Yeah, and, you know, sure. making a pile of things all look the same. Like, yeah, I, I can really enjoy that. But Or being able to do something like the first pass through and not having to touch it up afterwards. Yeah, like you're yeah. just that good at yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I can I can appreciate that, and my brain would, would like that for a short period. But, man, I, I respect the people that can uh, stick it out in, in, in those sorts of jobs. But uh, I, I also found it surprising that so few people, both at uh, UPT and PD in the production departments, are not skydivers. Yeah. I think that's PD, they said zero, right? Uh, they said zero out of 200 people that are out there on that floor were skydivers. <laughs> and that's, uh, I mean... I wonder if part of it is them seeing, like, how the sausage is made and, like, I ain't going to jump this shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, yeah, you're making these, you know, I don't know how many parachutes they produce in a year, mm -hmm. but how many successful skydives are a result of those parachutes, even if you were grossed out by how the sausage was made. You'd probably, I just think you'd be curious enough to take a bite. I don't know. Try it out at but least. But, I yeah. mean, I'm sure that that has a big part to do with why they are uh, so successful. It's because they're dependent on adults and not skydivers to get those jobs <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Man, I actually have a new philosophy and take on why I think PD is successful. And I, I really do, man. For years, I've thought well of them. For years, I have felt really good about them as a manufacturer. 
Um, John LeBlanc's genuine care about people's interactions and supporting people and the betterment of each other. Um, and, and we'll we'll talk about John, but just listen to his episode. And since then, him and I have had a lot of like private conversation talking about what happened on the show. He talked about how he has never really spoke publicly like that. He found it oddly comfortable. He really enjoyed our time. I'm like... It got really deep he, and he philosophical. Did. That was cool, yeah. And we started talking more and more. I'm like, well, man, thank you. And we exchanged ideas on how we both felt about talking and how we feel about public perception. And the more I listen to the dude talk, the more I think that company's successful because he genuinely cares about everybody around there mm-hmm. and helping them be the best at what they're doing. Man, I'd love that. I love to hear you say that you think that's what's behind it. And, man, I hope, I hope that that's true. Yeah. And I, I really think, man, I really think that companies that have like a good guiding light as far as morality and vision go, I think that those are the companies that have a genuine interest in taking care of the people who work there. I I think companies that focus on those sorts of things really thrive at what they do. So I, I hope that you're right. Man, I, I do too. I, I'm a firm believer, I think we all are, that like it all starts at top. Leadership at the very top, there is a fundamental foundation of how people work and what they do underneath you. Um, and, and all our jobs, we affect leadership in a different way. And I think we all try to influence it in a similar way through that. Like, hey, I'm going to serve as that example. Work hard, be hard. Make sure people see it and they God, might do so it behind. Be you are hard. hard, man. Be hard. Oh, and not after God, if I ever start a personal <laughs> brand based on myself, that's the tagline. Be hard. Be hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a thug. Get that tattooed on your what? forehead. You're just a thug. <laughs> I mean, maybe I've got a massive erection. Could be either one. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's go backwards, man. I actually want to take people a little bit on this trip because they really did do a lot for us to put this together. So I'm going to start, and every name is going to be anonymous, so I'm going to call everybody Joe. Every single person who helped us for this trip is named Joe. Joe, you are the fucking guy. Except one of the guys <laughs> is actually named Joe, and I'm going to call him Ron. So all Joes <laughs> are one Ron. You're not Ron. <laughs> You're Ron. <laughs> Joe, fuck. <laughs> so, I don't know uh, what to do with my hands. The very next day after I make this post about, hey, this, this ad, like, hey, we should do this, uh, a dude immediately reaches out. Bro, I can support you. I can help you. And he reaches out in a huge way to help us tremendously. Um, I think it's fair to say, uh, yeah, it's still anonymous. The dude actually donated frequent flyer miles to fly Nick and I out. Uh, Justin had enough frequent flyer miles to fly himself out. So our airfare was covered by the listeners, by Justin. And before I go any further with this story, I got to remember this. I'm going to thank the people who paid for this trip. I'm going to thank PD for doing shit because I'm truly fucking blown away. But every motherfucker who listens to this, everybody who takes their time, Dude, Brad Cole was making smart-ass comments to us. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that you have to be yeah, a true Yeah, you referenced the yeah. show, which, which I sure. was uh, pretty surprised by, I guess. Not on the <laughs> show, at a fucking party, chilling, having a few drinks. He, he, he actually mocked. You know, we ask what are the things we say that we realize we repeat. I don't realize what they are until you tell me, you fucking assholes. <laughs> um, for those of us who are just listening, I say that a lot, apparently. Like, if... You we were playing a video. I'm like, oh, for those who are just listening. Yeah, I think both of us try and do that, and it's directly inspired by Joe Rogan. Yeah, um, <laughs> it probably is because I mean that's that's who I listen to a lot. Nerds. Um, so man, fuck all the people who paid for shit. Those who download these things, these people who listen, you guys and gals who pass your day, your drive, your time at work. You do DQ walking through the hangar, looking at me, listening to me. We were we were nerd playing Dungeons and Dragons the other day, his wife and I, and he walked in to pick her up and he said, I had to take the earbuds out because I was already listening to you. <laughs> and I was like, it's so 
fucking cool. So thank you guys for being listeners. Thank you so much. That that's really that's what the show's about. It, I think it puts a lot of value to. Uh, I mean, it's cool that we have a. a, a reasonably sized base of people who listen to the show that they're skydivers and that people like uh you know bill booth comes on and we can say hey you know we we will probably get you know between 500 and 750 people who are gonna hear hear the, these stories it's like that's not a huge number in the world of podcasts but i mean just to know how spread out it is outside of our local texas community and to you know to it's it is fun to meet a stranger who you know, says that they've they've heard the show, and it's like a, a big part of me feels bad that like, hey, sorry, I wasted your time, and that you thought anything I had to say was <laughs> was worth listening to. But man, that but at the same time, it's like I really value uh, the people who give us a reason to keep doing the show. Man, it, what blows my mind is when we first started. I think something about ninety nine point nine nine percent of the people who listened <laughs> to the show was from Texas. I think it might have been just a little higher than that. Um, Maybe one more. No, my point. sister, my sister oh, in yeah, Indiana, <laughs> um, who is tickled that she's our Mrs. Letterman. She she joked about that. Who will be visiting soon, and there is shit talk about having her on the show. And I just don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> like you and my sister just beating the shit out of me one night doesn't sound too exciting for yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'd be all about you. Why you got to be so self centered about it? Maybe me and bon- and me and. Uh, Debbie, have some things to discuss. Were you going to call her mom? <laughs> no, I, I don't know how I confused the, the word Debbie and Bond at the same time, but that's what came out. Uh, because of the limited time she's in town, we probably really won't do a show that oh, week. Oh, shut up. It's going to happen. Uh, but, man, I have the cutest niece in the world. So I mean, uh, we're going to dinner, all of us at least. Oh, for dude, absolutely, dude. Absolutely, man. Deal. Bring it. We're all hey, Debbie, right. let miss you. <laughs> You're so great. Um, dude, it... We had like ninety percent of our listeners were from Texas. But hang on, she makes short jokes about me when I'm not around. Oh, for dude, we're on vacation. That's rude. And she straight up out of nowhere will bust a short nick. Like, hold on, you got to tell me some stuff I can make fun of her for. She looks Asian as fuck, dude. So. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> she eats lots of lice. <laughs> See, but I, I already have an Asian girlfriend, so I feel like I've got a decent amount of like. She's my sister. If there's nothing to mock, that is like yeah. she has to be related to me. That is. That is more gross than the fact that she's Asian. Yeah, yeah. I will <laughs> tell you off the air some of the nice jabs that you can throw at her. Okay, great. Debbie, perfect. I love you. Cartoon character. Now, now you're not going <laughs> to know what I know. So, <laughs> Oh, no, I think she'll figure it out. Um, anyways, uh, 30%, less than 30% of our downloads are from Texas now. Over wow. 70% of people who download this show. Do we have a pocket? I've talked to a couple of them, Estonians. Uh, do one of our Estonian fans are actually going to be here for safety day in a week and a half, two weeks, a week and a half. And he's going to be in San Antonio. He's like, yo, bro, I want to hop in a rental car and come to Houston, but it's going to be safety day. Is that okay? I'm like, perfect time, dude. We'll, we'll actually have time to say hello. Um, and uh, I'm going to, Mick, I believe is his name. I'm going to get the names wrong because these Estonian names have fucked me up. Merlin, no, yeah. Merlin. Merlin, it, yeah, it's the wizard. His name is Merlin. <laughs> no, no, no. Her name is Merlin. Oh. I refer to Merlin as a him. Uh, she's an Estonian gal. She's an AFF instructor in Estonia. Uh she had sent me a request for some stickers. I email. I email them out. Do you, and think, the she'll, do you think she'll call me Maverick if I call her Merlin? <laughs> That's a, I'm dealing with Maverick <laughs> and Goose. Anyways, so man, thank you to all the fans who make this fucking possible. You guys download it. You guys happen. Um, you guys happen. You guys happen. That's a, that's the next Gravity Lab T-shirt. Yeah, you guys put that Gravity on Lab Radio. You guys to, happen. We need Office Studios to put together so a poster for that one. <laughs> I need a Ron Burgundy you know shirt on. You know what's funny is I can imagine I can imagine <laughs> DJ hanging on to this moment and yeah. really having that shirt made. Or let's say that that's maybe printed on the inside <laughs> collar of a jersey or right. something stupid. You guys have it. <laughs> 
Dude, uh, God, I can't. Please die soon so I can put that on your <laughs> headstone. <laughs> <laughs> please die soon. Go. Fuck yourself. Uh, sorry. The, um, the next public DLR gear has got to say, you guys happen. You guys happen. <laughs> New Jersey's are coming soon. God, that can that be just the, the tagline for Safety Day 2020? <laughs> you guys happen. You guys happen. Please don't die. Uh, so we got our airline tickets donated at some point people hopped on board and on this thank you joe thank you joe yeah yeah i know who you are and you know that i know that you know who you are we have thanked a lot (laughs) of people individually and i will continue to do so um another guy donated a nice chunk towards our airbnb another guy donated another large chunk towards that and pelican cases I've always taken the studio mobile when I need to, like to Dallas, in bags, and it's not safe, man. Foamed in, boxed in. He's donated to the show permanently, so now we can travel. Um, people have already said we should do this show again. I seriously doubt we're going to ever make it to Norway to do the show, but we have an open invite from probably my favorite guest. I love John LeBlanc, but God damn, Anna made me laugh. Um, <laughs> so Anna was yeah. fun. Anna's Anna on the show felt more like one of. You know, like our home turf. It felt shows. like here. Yeah. Yeah. There was, you know, we, I mean, I think we probably, alcohol would have played a bigger part if we weren't operating inside of a business during their <laughs> normal business hours and been concerned room. about respecting their space. But uh, yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. We got all of this packed up, dude. It took but me. The, the Voss Air Show that might happen in the future. Mm. Dude, I, I will straight up tell you if you're listeners, and I don't know how many frequent flyer miles goes to Voss, <laughs> but I mean, we got a place to stay, and I can ship this shit, so uh, let me know. Um, <coughs> Voss, man, that would be so dope, man. I, that would be so much fun. Um, we pack up. It took me, dude almost a full day to pack the studio up because I actually have to pluck the foam out and actually make everything fit. You know, the 3D game of mm-hmm. working. You saw how layered it was. I woke up at... What time did you get to the airport? 15 S- minutes after me. Six? I don't remember. What time I, did our flight leave? I, do, I don't know, man. It, we, <laughs> so we arrived. Like, I got there super early. I haven't eaten breakfast in forever. I show up, I eat breakfast. It actually gives me the shits at some point. You feel like crap in the airport. It shows. Yeah, I I, I felt sick the morning before. Yeah. And I was kind of having that moment of like, hey, if I just don't acknowledge that I'm sick, I'm going to wake up fine tomorrow. Like, if I just don't give in to being sick. But no, we're going to have a trip, and I'm going to have to talk to a lot of people who I value and respect. Of course, of course, my voice is trying to go away, and I'm going to be sick. But uh, yeah, I felt like shit. Thanks for telling everyone I looked awful. You did. You look like ass. Dude, I I, I sat next to these four old ladies at breakfast, and you saw them through the rest of the time into the airport. Mm -hmm. These old ladies were going on a cruise, and oh, my God, I actually wanted to join them. Not because I enjoy cruising, but because they were – it was entertaining watching the four of them argue the entire time. It was straight, nonstop, golden girl banter. It's it's all it was. Are you happy now? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I appreciate the reminder. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with a hand signal for, hey, DJ, switch the camera. <laughs> the, the sideways. The aggressive dabbing. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So we finally, we get there. Justin, you showed up the night before. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) then he doesn't say anything else. Uh, And then you picked us up at the airport. Uh, We drove to Deland. It was what an hour-ish drive. Yeah, about that. Okay. And dude, how long did it take us to set up everything? That was pretty quick. Yeah, not as long as we uh, had allotted. Yeah, but we did have to troubleshoot a few things. I had so it was nice to not feel like we were trying to rush 
to get it started before you know before the first guest or something like without that. without the troubleshooting i think hooking everything up i would say it was an hour or so it doesn't seem like more than that no i don't either i i allotted three hours of problems um and then that gave us an hour to leave get something from a guitar i actually attract where the le- nearest places to buy supplies and equipment was in case something broke down um, and then, okay, I made sure, uh, and, and then, um, and then, uh, come back and still do it. So I, I, our goal, I had enough time to kill the entire day, but my goal was to be done within one to two hours and go do what we did. So we set up the equipment. Um, thank you guys, because for me, the equipment's super, super familiar. Um, you guys did a great job helping setting up on the fly. Uh, Justin, uh, also, so you're, you're the only not Joe, uh, Justin <laughs> Joe sponsored the show by bringing his computer to run the video shit. And that w- that's a godsend because having the video the way we did, we couldn't have done it without Justin's computer and got th- getting that rolling. I'm glad we found out that graphics card weird-ass thing with OBS. That was weird. So, yeah, we learned something, Nick. You know how Facebook's never in sync? Audio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, I would like... So one of the reasons I got my phone is I think it might be closer to in sync now than it ever was. Mm, bop. Wrong band. God damn it. That's Hanson, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. I know. God, I'm, d- I'm, I'm ashamed that I knew that. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I don't know any NSYNC songs. I get them confused with all the other bullshit. I mean, I would say Backstreet's back all right, but... That's that's definitely that's the Backstreet right Boys. Uh, I, I know mean, New Kids on the Block because that's my age. Hit me with mm. a New Kids on the Block song. Right stuff. Uh, that, uh, yep. Uh, you uh, got uh, the right stuff, baby. baby. Do you know this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. My sister is <laughs> dancing another, in her car right an, now like a freak. Another spontaneous duet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I've seen. Was that their? Did they have another big hit? My sister liked New Kids uh, on the Block. They had a few. Um, Please don't go, girls. One I actually dedicated to Balake earlier. Nope, don't Please remember that don't one. Please don't go, girl. I can't sing for shit. Uh, I I won't play it because we got kicked off for MC Hammer <laughs> the other day. Yeah, you know what's funny is I didn't play the audio for MC Hammer. It just recognized the video itself. It really? recognized the video content. Huh. So what I thought about would be a workaround for that if we wanted to make an overlay where you know let's say the screen only takes up a small portion of the screen and the rest of it's a GLR overlay of some sort. I think we could probably still get away with it. I would love to do that because I'm ready to pay for a new service. There's a, a like a $99 a year service that I, I can multi-stream to multiple platforms at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using it for another project with Jeremy, and I would love to be able to start streaming to YouTube at the same time. And if we could overcome that, that would be great because... Like, you know when you watch uh, anything illegally on YouTube that people are streaming, <laughs> like the fights or the World Series or whatever? They usually have it scaled down to some point and then... A big portion of the screen is covered by, you know, something that represents their channel. Does that I sound familiar at all? N- I know because well, I Well, I watch a lot more things illegally than you, so... N- no. I'm taking notes. I uh, Facebook, people will actually hold their cameras up to their TVs on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I'll just watch like, hey, man, I, I want to catch into this fight, so let me catch it on yep. Facebook. So it, it works. I watched the uh, Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight Yeah, that exact way. The night that Hurricane Harvey was ha- was happening, and I we all got f- yeah, like you were supposed to be started. here. Was that right? Oh yeah, because yeah. you were having the f- yeah, that's right. I still had the fights, and uh, I like I God I damn myself. it, I didn't even realize the bullet I had dodged. Dude, you I would have been stuck here for, for days. Days, yeah. Oh <laughs> Jesus, Andy, uh, what Andy Narito? Would have been just like our recent vacation. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Andy Narito was stuck f- here for days. So it it it, uh, it was crazy. Anyway, so we got set up pretty quickly. After we got set up, was uh, God by three o'clock. We headed over to Skydive the Land, and we met. Uh, remember her name? 
Kristen Johnston? Yes, Kristen Johnston. And uh, she is, she's our second guest. Yeah, yeah, she was our second guest. Is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, Jesse, we did. Jesse was first. Oh, I was going to say not Claudio. <laughs> uh, hey Claudio, thanks for standing us up. I hate you, Claudio. I stood there all <laughs> night by myself. Uh, so yeah, we had Jesse. I don't think I've ever been stood up for a date before. Mm, I was stood up for a date if That's you count the online girl I met, and I went there, and it wasn't a real address. Other than that, I haven't. Ever <laughs> <been> <laughs> this is really funny. I'm glad this is totally unrelated, but I'm going <laughs> to tell you the story anyway. So when I was like 14, 15, my first ever girlfriend. We would do this thing where we would get online, talk to people, and we would tell dudes <laughs> of like, yeah, hey, come over to my house and hang out. And we'd send them the neighbor's address across the street. And then we would just wait and watch while the guy, you know, went and knocked on the door and then discovered that what he thought was going to happen wasn't happening. And we thought it was hilarious. Did you go and actually tell them or are these people you never intended no, letting no. come over? Okay. The, n- neither the neighbor or the person going <laughs> knew that we existed at all. We just wanted to be creeps and watch someone be disappointed through the window. <laughs> anyway, that reminds me of the computer problem. We're going to completely be all oh over God, the place. I don't even know what we're talking about. Why are we here? We got the audio out of sync. Oh, yeah. Sync Facebook back up. Fix. Okay. Yep. We figured out that it was not not a uh, computer problem or internet problem. It was an OBS problem. Did so you have to put on your syncing cap? I did. Oh. <laughs> My God damn it. I got it. <laughs> God damn it. I'm a little slow on that. No, one. that's good. I'm sorry, I'm a little slow on I'm, that. I one. mean, I'm sure that there are people who listen to the whole podcast that won't even realize I made a joke just now. <laughs> that's how bad of a joke it is. So, man, we hooked up with Kristen Johnson. She is the operations manager at Skydive to Land, mm-hmm. and she took us on like a three hour tour, right? So, three hour tour. Have either one of you ever been to Skydive to Land? I had about 10 years prior. I had not. And have you jumped there? Uh, I did jump when I was there last. Okay. So, Justin, you've never been there. What was your overall impression of Skydive to Land? It was interesting uh, being somewhere I hadn't been to a drop zone that was an active airport and how how many other aircrafts were aircraft were flying around and uh, just the variety of uh, different things you saw around there. Um, overall, it's 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 funny like the the operations wise. Um, it's similar, but it's also very different to what I'm used to at Skydive Spaceland Houston, um, especially the magnitude of like the tandem operation versus the front the fun jumper base. It's it's crazy how big how much they rely on that fun jumper business, um, and the other side of that is how many freaking awesome like big name people did I walk by and not even realize. <laughs> and and just having um you know all that manufacturer presence around there and the 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 teams and everything that were uh uh operating there it was cool to see like the 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 camaraderie um and like the the fun jumper type atmosphere definitely a little more diverse community as far as the way that these different people contribute to skydiving and uh <clears throat> you know I, I i don't know Business-wise, like volume-wise, as far as how many people actually jump out of an airplane there in a year, I don't know how different it is than than it is at Spaceland. But uh, you know, there the, the types of jumps that are happening there are, are really different. Like as far as what mm-hmm. tandem numbers are for us on a busy Saturday, and how many you know how many woofos are are standing around watching their friends and family. But then, 
the fact that you have people coming to eat at the uh, the perfect spot, the yeah. restaurant there, people who are obviously not skydivers, that it's just like a cool place. Uh, you know, it's a little... I mean, as far as like having an actual town around, we're pretty far from anything civilized here in, in Rocheron, right? But uh, Deland, like, you know, the actual city's not very far. And I think that was the most striking to me. It's like you're driving on a major road with a bunch of people and the drop zone's right, right there. right here, yeah. yeah. And the, it was cool that it felt like more, you know, connected to the to the community there. Have you jumped there, DJ? I have not. I've been to Deland four times. Two of them, it was not jumpable at all. Two of them, I was there for shit that I just didn't have time. So one of them was for examiner meeting and skydive expo. Um, so I was doing something the entire time. This last time... Um, we talked about bringing rigs and you guys asked and I'm like, I don't think we're going to have time. And Thursday was our last lunch there. And we sat down and ate lunch and all three of us were like, Oh my God, we have a break. That yeah. was like the first time we really took a breath the entire trip. I don't we know if you realize We skipped lunch that. most of those days. Yeah. 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 We sacrificed, uh, lunches for tours, right? Isn't that how it went down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we started the first day with that setup. We went around the land and dude, it's, I, I didn't realize how, you mentioned what you thought of the land. For me, I don't always have this perspective because I walk by a lot of my friends in the sport and I just think they're my friends in the sport. But then as we walk around, I feel like, well, I need to introduce my friends to my friends, right? Because you guys are walking around and you knew some of them and you knew some people I didn't know. And and I was like, hey, well, let me introduce you guys. And as I was introducing guys, I'm like, oh my God, I'm introducing you guys to some really fucking badass people. And to realize how many dope-ass skydivers live in the land how many legends, man. We were walking amongst giants. That's, that's in my eyes. Now you know how I feel every day. <laughs> every day. Uh, that was a horrible day, Matthews. <laughs> um, is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, on crap. I thought, I thought a stroke. So, yeah, I thought a seizure, but <laughs> um, maybe an aneurysm. <laughs> it, it, was, it was so cool to, to be around him. And it, I, I don't think I ever had, every time I've been to the land or any time I've been to any of these industry things, I don't realize who these people are sometimes. Um, until I sit there and I introduce my friends and start talking and, and like at times I had to tell you who some of the people were because understandably JC Cole is a huge recognizable name in parts of our industry, but in parts of our industry, not as much anymore. He's first Icarus uh, canopy team with Jim Slayton. He went over to flight one very quickly in the PD factory team very quickly after that. Um, he was there, I think right after Heath or right with Heath. I've known JC since Elsinore days, super fucking dope canopy pilot. Um, he does a lot of stuff with Flight One, military stuff now, living a good life. He's worked hard. He's a but he's a legend. And I think that's the first guy we walk by. At dinner we walk by Ian Bobo. It's like there are some really yeah. cool people here. Um did we go anywhere and not see a skydiver? I don't think so. Man, every, everywhere well No, I'm trying to think of any restaurants that we went to where there weren't skydivers either there when we got Your there or when we were leaving. No good I mean half of the, the PD marketing team was there when we showed up. Well, we because we, we followed them there. <laughs> yeah, they told us. Yeah, I guess that's true. But they they were still skydivers there. So it it was super cool to see who some of those legends were. Um, for me, it was super cool because there were names like I've actually known Bob's Cro- Crossman's name before. He's the lead instructor there in the land, and and you can't be the lead instructor at a well known drop zone like that for an amount of time and not at some point get some name recognition for other guys in a similar position. Um, so it's cool to meet him um, and interact with him a little bit. The PD marketing team, I've dealt with a lot of them face-to-face, or, or keyboards, but never face-to-face. 
So it was really cool to actually get to talk to and meet some of these guys and gals. Um, that was neat to see the people behind the scenes like that. Yeah. It's uh like this is the guy behind info at PD. Yeah, man. It, it it's it's super cool. I, I actually I gotta stop for one second. The guy who I had the most fun with is you can guess who. Do you know who I enjoyed just personal interaction who with the you most enjoyed personal I mean gosh, Jesse was a lot of fun. He spent a lot of time. Ryan. Not Ryan. Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kyle. I love you. No, um, what <laughs> what name did I call Kyle? I called him a different wrong name. I forget, dude, Kevin. <laughs> It's no, it was another. It was another four-letter name. I might have called uh, him Jake on accident. I enjoyed hanging out with him too. But he Kyle, went on the you tour with us. Kyle was the uh, yeah, and then uh, he brought the party when we h- were hanging out at night, dude. So he was super cool, super chill. At some point, I walked through his office like, "Yo, bro," and I walked through everybody who was there with the office like, "Hey, would you like a couple stickers?" I thanked anybody who was there who did anything to interact with us. And he took the stickers very casually, kind of like, yeah, man, thanks. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I really don't care if he cares or not. I'm just at least going to be polite. And he took it. I mean, he liked it. He didn't. I, I couldn't tell. But I walked away. We had another interaction about the show, and he was very casual, very nonchalant. So he probably doesn't listen to the show, but he's cool to support us. And then he was drinking with us at his house. We were at his and Carl's place. And did you see, were you there when he fanboyed out for one second? No, I didn't yeah. catch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No. And that's why I appreciated him the most is because in the everyday normal society and everything, he was so cool, so relaxed, so chilled. Did you have any clue that he would fanboy out at any moment? He was real quiet on the tour. He didn't really say anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... At that night, we were sitting there, Carl and I were talking, and he walked up to us, and out of nowhere, he's like, dude, 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 I got to tell you. And he really complimented us. He he worked construction, listened to us on the job. We're how he passes day. We're what he did see, to I get can, through. I can see people who don't enjoy what they're doing with their lives enjoying the show. Because if you're <laughs> if you're already miserable, yeah, I can see how maybe this is a little bit better. Slightly better. But if you're happy, there's no way you're listening to the podcast. Oh, my God, I forgot to switch the camera. <laughs> yeah, I was about to do the aggressive uh, dab here. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm about to just, like, switch the camera over to the couch and join you guys on the couch and say after the video. Oh, you want to switch? Really. We can switch. Yeah, let's, I, I got to stop driving here. So uh, we're going to put that over there. Here, you come over here. We're going to just keep talking. I don't, what, what the what were we just talking about? Something about the land. Uh, oh. oh, Kyle. Oh, you yeah, want the seat? Okay. Okay. So, if I remember correctly, Kyle ended up with a with with a GLR hat by the end of the uh, end of the night there. Yeah, dude. So I like the fact that he was super cool, calm, chill, relaxed the entire time we were there. And at some point, let me know that it was really cool that we were there, and that it was a lot to him. Um, I really just appreciated how how nice of a guy he was and how humble he was. So yeah, I gave him the hat off my head because I was like, "Do I have an extra one of these? I've been waiting to get rid of this hat." So, brother. It's your hat. He actually tried to argue for a second. I'm like, nope. I made six. <laughs> you got one of six. What are you doing to the camera? Making love? Yeah, I'm just having fun. I flexed at <laughs> it a couple of times. Dude, get and then it, I watched myself on the as the live feed <laughs> caught up, delay. and I just enjoyed <laughs> it. I so enjoyed it. I enjoyed hanging out with that kid, so I just had to give him a quick shout-out, man. Um, the land, we, we enjoyed the DZ. Uh, from there, we actually had show one. Show one was supposed to be What's-His-Nuts. Not not uh, the Venezuelan who didn't show up. Yeah, yeah, uh, I won't say his name anymore. <coughs> Chaudio, that's his name. The guy who, if you know Claudio, call him Chaudio. I mean, th- I like that it's kind of a double meaning because chow means goodbye, and chow also means to eat shit in the pond. So <laughs> since he left us, <laughs> he said goodbye, 
chow, chowdio. Now he's double chowdio. Yep. I, I like where you've taken that. Chow chowdio? So yeah, if you're ever in a camp with Fly for Life and you know Claudio, call him chowdio. If he questions it, say DJ said hello. He will understand. He, him and Pons. And or, or just tell business. him, if you see him, just say, hey man, I really enjoy listening to you on the podcast. Oh, please. <laughs> please, somebody do that. Please, 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 please. Please, somebody do that. Um, he couldn't show. Uh, he sent me uh, a message about 15, 20 minutes before the show was supposed to start. <laughs> I love you, Claudia. I'm throwing you under the whole bus. Uh, I can't make it. I got caught up in coaching here in whatever drops in with South of Us. Uh, so I won't make it on time. Fortunately, had a backup plan. Hey, Jesse, you want to be my backup plan? My backup plan was to ask somebody at PD. <laughs> Walk down the hallway and find somebody. Yeah, he's like, I still, I still yeah. thought that we might get to just have like the Ferris wheel of uh, of PD employees just coming in and out of the door. But that would have been interesting. But I mean, I'm really happy with everyone that we had. So I'm mad that didn't happen. Um, but I tripped over too many guests. That like poor us. We did seven shows in three days. That was ridiculous. Ooh, yeah. So Jesse's a new PD tour rep. Um, old Jesse, who was formerly known as Bo, old Jesse is retired. <laughs> new Jesse, um, he is super nice kid. Uh, where is he from again? Oh gosh, I was gonna say Michigan, but that's not right because I've been talking to someone else who's from Michigan. That's definitely not Jesse. Oh, I, he's from the Midwest somewhere. He was no. No, I thought he was from like back east. God, yeah, Northy man. I'm yeah, North sorry, east. Jesse. We yeah. actually so listen to Jesse's episode. He'll tell you where he's man. From. It was a long week. You can't hold that against against. Dude, any of we us. had 16 hours of recording in three days. That was a, a fuckload. Um, super good kid. We had a good time. He filled in. A uh, lot of fun. Jesse hung out with us the entire week. Besides, from there we uh, went straight away into uh, the PD Factory tour. We actually went on a tour of the factory, right? Is that what we did next? Oh, that's from Vermont. Vermont. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, man. Okay. Uh, I think that was the same day. It was, was that who, day. Who we was our second guest that day? Second guest was Kristen, and we oh. went from Kristen straight into Anna. So, yes, we did the PD Factory tour between guests. Does that make sense? That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, God damn, man. It was a whirlwind. And what did you guys think of that tour? How was that one? Oh, that was I, excellent. I, I was pretty blown away. Like, I was really happy that I got to be the the last person in line because it let me linger and go full on like little kid in the candy store. Like, I audibly heard myself giggling as I was as I was looking around. Do you know what you said when you walked in the door of the side of the building? No, did I say something to you? You said out loud, "I'm like a kid in a candy store." You actually, you, do you remember saying that at all? Uh, maybe. Yeah. No, you did. You stopped, looked around, and said those words like a kid in a candy store would. Well, it was awesome. It was that cool. Super neat. <laughs> it was dope. Um, I loved how like everything was uh innovated there. Like the uh the fabric cutting tables, for example, the reverse air hockey tables, and I was totally nerding out on all the little control system boxes that they had there. Like, oh hey, that's kind of like the shit that I do, and um, just knowing that. They like developed that technology internally through basically trial and error, and now, you know, the perspective you gave DJ was uh, over the years how much they've paralleled their operation and increased their capacity through it to to see that they've perfected that and able to run those things simultaneously. That's super impressive. I wish I had pictures from like my first visit in '99 and what was there because it was by far a smaller. It was the same size building. But A, the whole marketing team was in that building. You know upstairs where you look over the railing? Yeah. 
all of that wall. I so remember them saying that. Yeah, if you guys ever take the tour of the factory, know that that when you're looking over the balcony, it's one of the first things you get to see. They, you're standing in the old marketing department. They were elbow to elbow in those rooms. Um, now I don't know if the tour starts officially over in the gear store. The building we were in was called. It's called the gear store. So if you're ever in the land, you can just go there. They have a bunch of like swag for sale. You can meet a couple guys. Uh, if there's commonly people there, they might say hello. Um, the tour is 3 p.m. Monday through Thursday. You can go on their website, Performance Designs, and anybody can take this tour. We we really tried to get a special tour. We, I really absolutely would have tried to get it. Um, we can't get any special tour. Nothing different than you guys and gals can get. So it is pretty dope. Um, did you realize what they do to their material before? Gosh, yeah. I was super blown away by the just the number of ways that they test the material. Like not not uh, like totally besides the amount of testing that they do, but just the the number of different ways that they have to find flaws, the number of things that they know to look for, and the size of the book that I remember you pointed out to me how thick the book is of different examples of how those flaws might uh, look and how they find them. Yeah, they do a whole lot. And that's that's before the that material even makes it on the floor to do anything with. Yeah, then hearing the background uh, from John LeBlanc later about how um, they used to get this material that was, you know, supposedly the high quality stuff. I forget what it's called. Um, and they were talking with, you okay, know, I think he was saying everything was was called F one eleven back then. Okay, does well, that, uh, just like right? the grade A or whatever. They yeah, call he used a, a premium. Or, yeah, he used a high quality yeah, word. Yeah, but high quality is perfect. And how they uh, spoke with the manufacturer of the material, uh, you know, like I think it was Dow uh, or somebody else. And uh, I guess from my perspective, seeing how that stuff's made in those plants, because I've dealt with that and you know had to uh, uh, done some engineering in those kinds of facilities. And then seeing the back end side of it, it's like, oh yeah, I could I could see how those defects translate through, and um, and then the fact that they use that material, or they back in the day, they used to sell that material that they rejected to other people because it didn't matter to them. Like it's not a it's not a life saving device, so it's it's not as critical that the the material be made perfectly to their standards. And they basically developed the book of how the material needs to be manufactured and the quality control that they actually developed that and no one else is even close to that level. I think it's uh they developed a lot of the industry for parachutes in general uh in the book. It's uh it is crazy. Some of the story goes that they they actually put mark stickers. Manufacturers are asking, "Hey, did you ever get stickers on your rolls?" So I'm like, "Oh no, that's stickers we put on rolls and if they have too many defective stickers, we send it back." You bought that from them? Um, yeah. I think that was part of his story. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It, it's amazing. Um, and it's no slight or it's no knock on these other manufacturers. Hopefully they're inspecting it as well to get it. But PD is sending everything back. They they are very picky, meticulous. Uh, one of the things I learned on this trip I did not know, I've been on a few factory uh, tours now, is they pre-stretch the lines. And they had a really nice machine that was and a jig to do that. And, and all the little cubbies for the different sizes and trims and all that. That was yeah. really cool. It, some canopy manufacturers, their canopies open inconsistently. Like, oh, if you get a, a, a so here's an old school one. I'm not going to knock too hard. If you have a Monarch and it opens well, keep it because you've got a good one. Well, in or out of trim, a canopy might change. And if you're getting inconsistent openings, it might be across a model. It's because they're all, they're all uh, stretching at different rates or getting loaded at different rates. 
uh, having him pre-stretch. You have consistent line length, dude. It was super cool to see the machine, the jig he used to do that. Little like pneumatic jig that he had going on. Yeah, yeah. They, the, all the machinery they make themselves. So it's a super awesome tour. I recommend you guys check it out. Then we had but Kristen Johnston rolling. Anything else about the tour, by the way, you guys want to throw in there? Because we, I could spend about, two hours about the on the tour of PD. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the show, but it was pretty neat that they were working on my canopy while we were taking the tour. <laughs> that's that's kind of cool. Dude, that was cool for me anyway. That was dope. But even though I didn't, uh, I didn't really want to go out and be like, "Hey, show me my parachute right now. I want to see it," because I think that's just what a crazy person would do. But just to know that, hey, yeah, I walked, I walked past this this parachute that I'm going to jump for the first time next week. That that was being assembled as I was walking past it. Like that's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> you have smelled it already, and I'm gonna kiss it later. <laughs> yeah, boy, oh. man. I, uh, I think it's also cool to hear how they assemble the parachute because it's yeah. it's counterintuitive to what you would think in your brain um, because they've streamlined the manufacturing so much. It, it's kind of neat because if I'm not mistaken, they assemble it cell by cell. Yeah, from one end to the other. Yeah, so they basically f- reverse fillet it. Right. Yeah, and and to me, it you know you would think. Um, if I were going to sit here and assemble these pieces of fabric, I would, you know, make the bottom skin, make the top skin, sew them together. It, yeah, it's, it's actually it's just re- a different process than what I was thinking. Did you uh, pull up any video of the I canopy done, designer? I haven't done anything. I'm going to pull there. that up. Yeah, yeah, no, I was horrible, man. For the six people, I was watching. broken tonight, so <laughs> I don't don't get. Oh man, there's some things on there that people wrote. If you ha- uh, check back on them, a couple of them are questions or comments. But John Reese, who did you meet that wants a shirt? Because you just said you met a guy. Give me the guy's name. Hook me up. Let me know. Um, I'd be happy to talk to him. Get him in contact with me somehow. Um, dude, the factory tour was cool. Kristen Johnson comes comes in, and Kristen, Jesse was kind of awkward just because last minute, unexpected. Um, we all had to play an audible, but it and he got a, a text from his boss. Yeah, a text <laughs> from his boss in the middle of the show. Uh, we were cruise control. It was very comfortable. It was very easy. It was a break the ice show, I think, for all of us. And Jesse really was an easy break, and he really made it made it nice for us. Uh, the next one coming in, Kristen Johnson. Uh, Johnston. Johnston, 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 um, who you'll never find on Facebook. She doesn't do social media. God, she's so her. smart. Oh, she is, man. <laughs> uh, she came in, and it took more of, I like the random shows we have that just kind of wander around sometimes. Yeah. And we talked a lot about food, which you know how much we love food. How much do you love food, Nick? God, I love it a lot, but I didn't love it as much the other day. So we can do this every year. I will do it every. Yeah. I'll do, you can talk me into doing that quarterly. Yeah, yeah, I can do that now. Quarterly, I don't think it's going to be healthy for me. Yearly, yeah, I, I mean, it's it. not healthy. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? Healthy? Did you catch a recap on what we did Tuesday? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. did we? Uh, I saw a lot on Brian Menard's Snapchat. Okay, yeah, because everything was going out live. That we were doing. We uh, met where at Bernie Burger uh, Bus. Bernie's Burger Bus was the first stop on the tour. And this all started because we, uh, I'm pretty certain I was fasting and Cisco was on the show and we just got into a conversation about food because that's all I could think about. And then we, I don't know where our food conversation led into the sandwich at Bernie's Burger Bus uh, called Detention, which I can also pull up uh, an image of right now. But then we talked about it, and the next day, Brian Menard found a picture of it online and sent it to me, saying, is this indeed the the sandwich? And I'm going to pull it up right now. So if you're watching, you're seeing uh, images of this giant sandwich, which is a... Imagine a double cheeseburger, 
But instead of buns on the top and bottom, they're bacon grilled cheese sandwiches. So this is where the trip started, was at uh, Bernie's Burger Bus to have the sandwich. And then the plan we had come up with is we were just going to eat as as many different places as we could in a day until everyone tapped out. So who all ate that sandwich in particular? Uh, It was me, Cisco, Cisco, Brian. We may have been the only three that went for the the sandwich. Yeah, I I was going to pace myself, so I had a fire drill, which was dynamite. It was phenomenal. And then Sounds a, spicy. I a like it. Huge half plate of fries from Brian Menard, which really I might as well have ate the detention burger. I did try Brian's detention burger, and that shit was good. The both burgers I had there were great. Can you actually bite through it all at once? Well, I had to. You have to I segment had to disassemble it, a bit. it. Yeah. I uh, Brian cut off a slice for me, like just an end. And because he did, he had squished it enough that I was able to eat the whole thing at once. But it was super squished when it was in my hands. <laughs> but we, we dubbed, I don't know if we discussed, <laughs> <laughs> title your sex tape, <laughs> the, we discussed it was called the Stuff Your Face Festival. Mm, yep. And uh, that was the whole goal is to just have the ultimate cheat day. So we went from Bernie's Burger Bus was the first meal, and then we went to Smush uh, uh, Ice Cream Sandwiches, which I'm also going to... Smush. Uh, Imagine you get these nice, freshly baked cookies nice good size freshly baked cookies and then you put a scoop of ice cream in the middle of it all and then you heat it up so it's just soft and warm and you eat that thing with like cereal on it or caramel on it or marshmallows on it or nothing else on it is legit it's super good man mm. have you had it justin no you're not. i see you drooling it, on yeah i'm starting to disagree started as a food truck but uh it was so successful that they had to make a real restaurant for uh pigs like me to go to <laughs> and it's killer man absolutely great joint from there we went to uh just mac just mac was the next place i have eaten there before Tell me about your first Just Mac experience, DJ. What was it like for you? Dude, so, A, I got a salad, a side salad, because I needed some roughage. I'm like, I need something to process my stomach. I actually tried to eat very strategically because I didn't want to get sick to my stomach. I didn't want to feel like shit or anything. Um, and I had a, man, they, was it a half pound or a pound, right? Those were the skillets? Uh, yeah, that's what you can order. Dude, <laughs> the half pound skillet. I love it l- when the size of the meal is by weight. Yeah. That's great. The half pound skillet didn't look very big, and I didn't read it was a half pound. So I'm like, oh, I'll just take one of them little thingies right there. So I got a half pound of mac and cheese, and I went with straight, <laughs> legit, normal mac and cheese. Like, how good do you do that? It's, dude, oh, I would love to hear it taste the rest of this shit, because that was really good mac and cheese. Do they have, like, an epic cheese blend that goes in it? I got no I clue. I mean, they had so many different options of different cheeses to combine. This is the Popeye mac and cheese, chicken pesto, something, something, <laughs> chili cheese. Uh, Blake got what the, the chili cheese Frito one. Yeah. Um, what did I get? I got the rustic that had oh God. I don't remember. I said bacon. I think. I think that's what sold me. <laughs> I don't know, but it's got bacon. I'm so glad these places aren't next to my house. Um, Just Mac was killer. That's where Jimmy caught up with us. From there, we hit Voodoo Donuts. I have severe acid reflux when I eat too much sugar, um, and so. Uh, eating the smush ice cream was not. Why are we? Ta- I'm getting hungry. Tons right of now. sugar. I'm so hungry now. But I told you actually, I think just recently that Saturday night I went to the rodeo cookoff with Justin and ate a fried Snickers, <laughs> a fried Reese's <laughs> Big Cup, and fried nachos. Fried nachos. Fried na- what? The, it, they exist. were legit though, dude. I can't <laughs> explain what they were. They were like hush puppies of nachos. Like that's what they were. Um. 
so I kind of probably was sick to my stomach from doing that. But uh, I skipped the donut. I did get a bite of Katie's. What was that? Maple. Memphis Mafia. Memphis Mafia. That thing. The was, apple fritter. Dude, that had banana in it. The, it's the Memphis Mafia was absolutely off the hook, dude. They have a donut called an Old Dirty Bastard that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> ODB as a donut. It's real, real good. Oh, man. Look at that box up donut. So did you try uh, Kristen's advice on preparing? No, okay. No. I was curious about that. Yeah. So my goal was not to end up stuffing my face as full as I could. Uh, so Kristen, if you listen to that show, she was our second guest. She's talked about on the show, like what you do is you like the day before just eat a ginormous meal, stuff yourself and then the next day do it again. Was that the basic rule of it? Like do it two days, yeah, three days I don't know. Row? Maybe it stretches out your stomach. Maybe that's the uh, the theory there. Yeah. Eat like one big meal, I think is what she was saying. Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, I, I decided very quickly, and Nick and I talked about it for a little bit, like, man, I'm just going to pace myself. I'm going to eat reasonable. Um, I'm going to eat my sweets early on. I'm not going to eat sweets later because that's what's going to make me sick. Um and the donut shop was good, but we we landed at Jinya Ramen and uh, Ramen Tatsuya. Right, my God, I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah. I th- I really so think that you need to give this ramen another chance when you're not filled with four previous restaurants. I had it today. <laughs> did you? I did. Oh, you had leftovers though. Yeah, but I I still so um me, the miso hot was good, but I I would actually have to order a different one and then just spice it up. And then you can do that. Yeah, yeah they have I get, all the I get like bombs, the right? fucking yeah. crazy ass spicy bomb that they put in there. Holy crap, yeah, that yeah. will light you up. Um, it was great. It was good, but man, that place in Chattanooga. I'm so I don't. I wish I could tell you that basement in Chattanooga, but goddamn, it was good. You don't know the name? I uh, dude, I have. So no we clue. could never find it ever again. Oh, I could look it up. I could figure it out. I know about where it's at. I need you to figure that out for me. She all goes right, to man. a different school. You wouldn't know her. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, everybody tapped at ramen. Everybody. I got to the point where I looked at my bowl and said, I can finish this. I know I can, but I am going to be so mad at myself if I do. And I walked away, and I don't know if I told you when we were when we were done. I'm going to tell Valerie I'm hungry at 8 o'clock. <laughs> I got home. We sat at the dining room table and worked on our computers, and at 8.50, I looked at Val and was like, I'm hungry. And I legitimately was ready to like <laughs> go get something out of the fridge. I'm just, I'm hungry. So I didn't stuff myself crazy. What kind of time frame are we talking from start to finish? It's like five hours. Okay. I think we're averaging a restaurant an hour. Just One about. an hour? Yeah, I think it's a little bit less than that. But yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, we definitely, like, the longer we went, the more we fucked around afterwards. Like, we're not leaving this restaurant because everybody's afraid to go to the next one. <laughs> it, we slow, like, Voodoo Donuts. I was worrying donuts. about that. Well, we were outside, like, for 15 minutes of Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, I think so. there was a group that had led the way. Uh, and we ended up with, like, 10 people. At, at, I think we started with eight and then picked up two more along the way, right? Does that sound right? Yeah. So we had 10 people all waiting to go to ramen. And a couple of the people that had missed the bigger meals in, in the day. So I think that they were a little less, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they weren't dreading it as much as we, as maybe we were. But, uh, yeah, you could tell there was definitely s- some people dragging their feet on their way to ramen. Oh, man. I think every single one of us, except for those two people. So it was a good time, man. So Kristen John, man, we'll do that again, but we got to change it. I want Star Pizza. Never had it. Dude, I would it. go to Star Pizza. I would go to the uh, glazed donut shop that made the list that we didn't get to because it was just a little further south. Chicken and waffles. I'm just holding this in my hand as if my fidget toy for Where, the night. Is there a place called Chicken and Waffles? No. Okay. Oh, the Waffle Bus. Thank That's you. That's what you mean. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I would do Waffle Bus. I would do glazed. I would do Star Pizza. I would do Mellow Mushroom Pizza. 
I would. Do, you could talk me into any of it. Do a pizza day. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pizza, then dessert, then pizza, then dessert. Let's. I think we could pick four and and expect to enjoy ourselves at all four. And I'm positive we can get a group rolling again. I mean, like that same group was just that group was a good group. Yeah, I think they'd go again. I think yeah. if we settled at four, and came up with a name like the Fantastic Four or the Food Foodie Four, I don't know something. But yeah, we should. Uh, you could talk me into doing it. Uh, yeah, we'll more more often. Let's say one. Let's say twice a year. I'm yeah, I'm good. Is tomorrow twice a year? <laughs> <laughs> nope, I don't think so. I don't think it's been enough time. <laughs> so Kirsten Johnson, we hang out, we talk about food, do all sorts of crazy shit. Anna Moxness walks in. What do we have? Like thirty minutes between sh- guests? Forty-five minutes? Well, I'm, maybe. I'm that, playing yeah. with a canopy designer while you're telling the story because uh, the story is not visually demanding. No, it's not. Um, and Anna walks in, and we, we shoot the shit for like maybe five minutes. And she mentions she brings booze, and we're like, great, because we've been sober this whole time. We weren't drinking. It's just, it seemed awkward to say to Petey, like, yo, you guys are operating business right now. Can we get drunk over here? <laughs> this doesn't seem like the right call. Um, we walk into this, man, the space this they gave us. This time we were unsupervised, so. Yeah. <laughs> the space they gave us, dude. Could you believe that? What is that room? At yeah, least twice the size of this? Yeah, probably. Yeah, twice the size of this room, man. We <laughs> had so much space. They gave us a conference room to use for five days. They, it, dude, it was, was so nice. They <sighs> rearranged the canceled meetings and all that. Dude, they're so generous, man. They're so, such great people. Um, Anna sits down at the table, pulls out three glasses. Like As soon as she got there, she ran back to the back, grabbed glasses. Like Obviously, Anna comes and drinks here or something. <laughs> uh, she sets these glasses down on the table, pulls out a bottle, and sets it down. And I think, Nick, you were the first one to see this moment happen. I noticed that wine bottle was empty the moment she <laughs> set it down, but I was w- I was waiting for her to th- have the same realization. I, You guys realize this. Like, how did that come? How long did it take her? Oh, it may be... I mean, when I think about how quickly I would realize the, a bottle of wine in my hand was empty... I feel like I'd notice it pretty quick. Yeah. As soon as I picked it up to put it in my bag to go here. Yeah, I'd probably right. notice it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did the same thing. I saw it was empty. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah, y- you guys had all pointed it out because I was just setting something up or doing something silly. Um, but holy shit, I, I've gone back and forth. What is your favorite episode? What was your favorite guest? Who was yours? Oh, man, that's difficult. Think about it. Nick, do you have that answer yet in your brain? Um, I think John LeBlanc was still my favorite just because I feel like the information that he had to share was most closely related to information that I would seek out on purpose if I was listening to a book or a podcast. It's just, uh, I, I like anything that I can take and better myself mentally. Um, so I, I liked what he had to share and I liked that, uh, it still, you know, he still shared quite a bit about skydiving and I really, I think it's probably the best first jump story we've ever had. Yeah. And, uh. How detailed was that? that yeah, it's awesome. great. It's great. So, uh, I, I liked John and <coughs> I mean, it's hard. Bill Booth is such a, you know, such a big figure in skydiving. So it's hard to not value his, uh, the time that he was willing to spend with us. But, uh. And it was also a lot of fun. Anna just being wild and silly and yelling uh, obscene things. You know that that's right up my alley. Anna is the mature version of KDP. That's what I've come to figure out. Mm. 
Um, I'm, I'm torn. It's between John and Anna, and I think the reason I enjoyed them the most is the reasons you said about John, the reasons you said about Anna, but with both of them, I felt like we made the biggest connections with them. Um, Tom, I had already a good personal connection with, so that wasn't hard to make. It wasn't a fresh or a new thing. But with Anna and John, in very different ways, connected with them, and, and that was super cool. But Anna, it was a blast. It was definitely more of our style show. Um, uh, I'll have her episode out soon. We'll talk about that in a minute, though. That was all day one, dude. Day one was a whirlwind. Yeah, since you asked me that, I'm like cycling through the guests. Oh, yeah, I forgot we had so-and-so and so-and-so. I was like, how do you even pick out of that group? You know, I'm going to have to say Bill Booth, though. Dude. Just because hearing the story about <laughs> fucking cocaine on the drop zone, <laughs> I don't want to give yeah, it away. I forgot about if you that. That's pretty wild. That, but give it a little bit away, man. Enjoy, oh my enjoy God. telling your like, story. Hearing hearing him talk about how you know, like the the background and like how it used to be really big. A lot of drop zones are running cocaine to make money. Whatever uh, drop zone owners. Um, and hearing the story about him saying uh, the the visual I had in my head of him saying, well, here comes in this plane and the DEA plane <laughs> is so close to it that when they land, it fucking runs into the back of it and it's raining cocaine down on the drop zone. And I'm yelling, everybody get inside. We're all going to die. <laughs> it's like everybody's fucking getting <laughs> high off of this shit raining down on the drop zone. <laughs> Man. Like the last possible thing I expected to come out of his mouth. <laughs> It's so amazing the stories we heard because I remember that story now that you tell it, but that I've lost it already. Yeah, I mean, there, what a metric ton of shit we heard that week, because when we weren't sitting in that room telling stories, we were sitting in another room telling stories with somebody else who worked Mm -hmm. around around the area. Um, day two we had Bill and Bill's stories were. Just they, they were fun. They were out there. Yeah, yeah. And and you could you could almost relate to it, like you know, at, and just hearing about the, the the changes in the sport from those days to like what the kind of things that he saw that inspired him, um, you know, to tinker around and and figure some stuff out to make it safer for everybody. I think one of the things <coughs> that was neat is we had Tom Noonan on in the morning. Yeah. He talked a little bit about some of the same topics John talked about or Bill talked about. He uh, queued us up and told us things to ask Bill about to get him off the normal topics that you won't hear on other shows. Um, then we did the tour, and Mark, who on the tour, told us the same stories again. And then to get the Bill's version of yeah. the story. And it was so cool to see the different layers because you kind of got given a little bit more each time. It was a lot of fun to to sit there and listen to his version of Life Unravel. Yeah, an eclectic fool. And the, yeah, in the background about the the whole uh, uh, acting uh, stuff that was <laughs> really really neat too. Like just hearing how he got into oh, it and the top- how he got the fucking playmate to fuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. My favorite is a Tom Cruise autograph story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was good. Yeah, so spoilers, they happen. They're good to go. Um, I, I love it. It's, uh, what was it? <clears throat> um, who was it? Bill Booth and Tom were about to jump. Yeah. Yeah, and some... They were out in the li- landing area, maybe? They were loading the plane. The loading the plane, okay. And some jumper wanted an autograph from Bill Booth and ran up to Bill to get his signature in a logbook, and Tom Cruise was like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> That this never like, happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy goes running by me to get an autograph from you. Like, I don't think Tom said it that way, but the story was pretty cool. Um, 
Tom Noonan, we had on before, and dude, that guy goes crazy places. He goes crazy places. He does crazy shit. Uh, he's always full of stories. Yeah, that was super neat. I, I, I wasn't here for the first one, but... Uh, right. But Why yeah, weren't you? <laughs> Why wouldn't I have been? I'm so happy we made it through the show without anyone yelling that yeah. shit. <laughs> Who, during Tom's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there was one comment that kind of referenced it, but yeah. I think I think there are comments, but it, uh, uh, Tom, man, the Antarctic, uh, he told that story, right? Shared a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, it was crazy, man. It was a good time. It's, it's crazy good to hear about the logistics and like, uh, you drop the fuel and then it goes to this price and then you you fly it to over here and you drop it again and it goes up to this price and it just gets it's outrageous to to think about what what lengths people go to um to a, and how uh unmanned and unexplored it is over there. Yeah, what was it like thirty thousand dollars for a flight to get an, onto Antarctica? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think he said it was like uh fifty thousand said and done to jump. Right, and then it was going to be another fifty to fly to the South Pole. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy! It's just ridiculous. The cost, the cost of fuel down there gets ridiculous. He was a good time. From there, we did. We talked about the UPT tour already, and then Bill Booth, and that night was really a good time. Oh, what did we do? Oh, that evening we went out with uh, Old Jesse again, formerly known as Bo. Uh, what's that girl's name? Who's got a boy's name? Riley. Um, <laughs> Kristen joined us. His husband, right, Riley. Yes. <laughs> who, who else was there at dinner that night? It's just three of them. Sorry, right? I'm totally just lost yeah. in designing canopies over here. I, I hear you clicking away like you're surfing yeah, porn I got on my this, computer. Uh, <laughs> it was the three of them. I got, I got a great rainbow one going right now. We had like one uh, another PD guy I think came up and walked by. Uh, Justin <laughs> walked by. Justin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not you, Justin, but our Justin. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then our last day, our last two guests, man, it, it uh, started with John LeBlanc and... I think you kind of told a little bit of the story already, Nick. John was the best first jump story I think I've actually ever heard anybody tell me. Yeah. Like, I, I will give you no spoilers for that one. But the way he talked about the ride to altitude, the, the conversation he had with himself on the ride to altitude, the exit, the experience of exiting, the experience from beginning to end, and then the experience of a second jump, Never have I heard a better first jump story. The, the way he presented it, like you felt like you were inside of his head at that moment, going through all that, and then it like makes you reflect back on, yeah, it did feel like it was fucking 30 minutes <laughs> just sitting there, you know, for the two minutes that I was in between talking to people. He'd let you uh, stop and think about what he was saying. He was very good at telling yeah. the story. And I don't know if that storytelling was him pausing to digest and, and move on himself. Um, he actually said, this is a story I've never told publicly. And I don't I don't know how publicly that is or means. but So I don't know if he's told it that way a lot or if it's just something that he was doing for dramatic effect. Either way, it made the story just fun. Just I, I loved it. I, I loved the way just in general he spoke because he had very deliberate pauses to, to let you like think about and digest and follow along with his mindset. Uh, to where he didn't get lost in all the stuff he was putting out there. I, I think it was very, very well done. Yeah. It's impressive. I wonder how much of that, I wonder how much of that is actually him letting you, I, I struggle with the same thing, letting you think about it, or if it's him actually thinking, thinking himself. Thinking of the and phrasing. And thinking of the phrasing, digesting what he yeah. just said to make sure, because I do get the impression that John is like super insightful to what he's saying. Um, he went back, and when we left, 
we uh, so just kind of go backwards. We deleted every show as we de- recorded them, uh, the video online. We aired it live, and what by the time the next show started, is that yeah, when you were deleting the next them? couple hours or so? Yeah. John was a quarter of the way through watching his when you deleted it. Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> um, so as soon as like every guest, when I put them back online, I sent every guest. Here's a link to your video. Here's a link to the audio. Uh, if you want to throw it out there, here you go. Or um, some people have asked, like at, at UPT, some of the staff there asked for Bill to get his information. Um, uh, John ended up watching the rest of it, and he didn't want to listen. He wanted to watch because he wanted to see what his gestures were. He wanted to see how his posture was and how his thought process was. And I was like, this show has made me think a lot about how I speak and how I listen, no doubt about it. And to watch him go to the level of like, well, what was my posture and my demeanor? I'm like, like, God damn. It's it's really caring the way he does it. I I think that's what it is, just caring in general. And back to we talked about PD. I think that's I think that's why there's a lot of care in that company, is there's a lot of care at the top. So, I yeah, you can tell like that that like you mentioned earlier, it definitely filters down through attitude and uh, just ownership of what you do. Yeah, and having respect for what you're doing, you can tell that that's that's all kind of distilled from him. Yeah, him and his cosmic hippy dippy bullshit. <laughs> yeah, God, I love that. <laughs> he the, kept saying that the hippy dippy bullshit. I mean, I think. Uh, <laughs> I I really Cosmic. like the phrase hippy dippy bullshit just because some of it I honestly do identify with of like yeah I believe in a little bit of that and then the more skeptical realistic maybe pessimistic part of my brain's like yeah yeah but a lot of it's bullshit so it's just like this internal battle that I have and just to to see him have that same thing with the word cosmic I I just like to see someone who I admire it so much have a similar mental struggle about the things that you're willing to believe in. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I, l- I love both words and I'm glad you called it out because he used the word cosmic a few times. And so in the, you know, I think you brought it up first. I, I had it in my mind to ask him about it, but I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure you called it out first. Well, I said something about cosmic. You used the word and you said, yeah, hippy dippy bullshit. Anyways, um, he started, we, we started talking just stories and we got him into the hippy dippy cosmic bullshit and I love the fact that he was willing to go there. The conversation I've had with him since is that was something unfamiliar for him. Um, a huge, huge shout out to uh, Natasha Crossman. Uh, a lot of people gave me some advice of th- things and uh, <coughs> ways to address and get John going. And Natasha was the one who suggested we take it that direction. She didn't use those words cosmic or anything. <coughs> but it's the stuff... Like Nick, you and I really thrive a lot on like uh, I I'm, I just started Jordan Peterson Twelve uh, Principles of Life again. Mm-hmm. Um, it, those ideas, those life principles, those thought processes, the way we think in leadership and in life betterment. Uh, Stephen Boyd, uh, we we all think similarly. And I was told John is going to be on that same wavelength. You can probably get him really opened up that way about life philosophy, self awareness. So I was like, man, this is going to be a cool place to go. Um, and how neat was it to? Uh, hear him talk about it afterwards <laughs> that these are the kind of conversations I really value. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, like he actually got something out of it. That's pretty badass. It was, man. Huge shout out to Natasha for queuing that up. And then John, I was so honored that he was able to let his guard down enough with us and talk that story with us. I mean, everybody for both Bill and John warned us that you'll have as much time as you want you might want to tell them when the deadline is in case you want to end the show. Um, which I didn't find a problem 
ending the show in a normal amount of time. Did you, no. Nick? No, I was... Uh, I don't know. I think it's maybe a little bit like you have an eternal clock for a skydive, right? And now your skydive's all just kind of work around how it's felt so many times. So I'm sure that, you know, our conversations just kind of just has that natural feel of when things start That's to wrap up. Rhythm. And I, I do think we could have gone longer with uh, with John LeBlanc for sure. And we could have invited Bill to, to tell a couple more, more stories. But uh, gosh, I, I like the thought of leaving some for next time. I love it, man. It's something that we very early on changed our philosophy on, and it worked out great. Um, I'd love to go back at some point or somewhere. Um, But John, dude, I just, that guy was unbelievable. After John, uh, we actually snuck out and got lunch, and we went to Manzano's, which I've been there before with a guy named Kyle Schoonover, a good buddy of mine, absolutely killer sandwich shop. Nick, what did you order at Manzano's? <laughs> I'm so happy you're going to let me tell this story oh, right now. Okay, so we go to Manzano's sandwich shop, right? We walk out, or we walk up, and every everyone who we knew from performance designs was already sitting outside. I like that I'm telling you guys this story, the only right. two people in the whole world that were there, <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you the story like you weren't there. So uh, we walk up, and the first thing that everyone at the PD table says to us is, hey, when you order a sandwich, don't order a whole one. It's too big. you got to get a half one. And this is the first thing that's like, yeah, I'm going to get a whole one. Like that's the, first, <laughs> that's the first time I had that thought. Are you challenging me? So then we go, I mean, I just like the thought of, yeah, this is too much food for one person. So, yeah, let, let, me, let me deal with that. So we go in, and uh, all the sandwiches on the board look pretty good. And... Uh, the the gentleman in there, there were two guys working. They must have just gotten a few orders because they didn't really tend to us right away, which gave DJ and I plenty of time to just stare at the board and decide what sandwiches we were going to get. So DJ goes first. Uh, yeah, you're going to have the half a sandwich, whatever. And I'm I'm hungry already. And so I grabbed... You already had a cookie. Yeah, I had right? a cookie that I had just yeah. grabbed off the shelf. of like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to have this cookie. <laughs> so here we go. I know it's a giant cookie. It's a pretty big cookie. It wasn't small. And so then DJ orders a sandwich. I stand up or I step up next, and I'm like, "Hey, I want uh, a whole big beef." And this is the first time that I've seen. Tell your sex tape, dude. <laughs> I, you know, I wanted. I did not realize that's how you had to yeah, order. Yeah, dude. That. I'm gonna shove. I'm gonna shove that big beef in my mouth. The what? whole big beef. And so his his eyes Hashtag come up. Be hard. And, <laughs> and he's. Uh, this is the first time I've seen his eyeballs since we've been in there. And we've been in there for at least five minutes, maybe longer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I see his eyes come up and he's like, you want a whole one? And on the on the menu, it says like whole sandwiches are 15 to 17 inches long or something like that. And and I was like, yeah, I'll have a whole one. And he's like, you want me to wrap up, wrap up the second half to go for you? And I was like, no, I'll just eat all of it. You're and standing there watching to make them, too. Yeah, I saw I saw yeah. what I saw how big the fucking sandwiches are. And the guy working there, whose job it is to sell me food and take my money, <laughs> bets me $5 that I can't eat the whole sandwich. And he was like, you want to put five bucks on it? And the kid was a little, I mean, how would you describe this guy? He was a New Yorker. I would say he's a little ghetto. He's a little hood. Like just a, a hood. real yeah. skinny white boy missing some teeth. Yeah, yeah. Look, right. like a recovered crackhead. <laughs> yeah, that's a more. I'm not trying to be silly. No, yes, that's what he looked like. Yeah. Okay, so he's trying to bet me $5 about the sandwich. And I said, okay, great. And he's like, you got to sit in here to eat it, though. Because I don't know if you're going to be feeding it to somebody else. And I said, hey, well, I'm visiting from out of town. All my friends are sitting outside. I'm not 
gonna sit inside so you can watch me. And he's like, blah blah blah. He's he's saying that I can't eat this fucking sandwich. Okay, great. We go outside. I eat my my cookie while I'm waiting because you got to. If you're holding the cookie, who's gonna not eat that cookie? I'm not gonna save it for dessert. And so they start bringing out food, and he comes down and sets it uh, sets it down in front of me, and and is talking to Justin and DJ, saying that I won't be able to eat it. And DJ's like, he'll finish it. And the homeboy's like, no, we won't. And is being a dickhead about it. And you know, he said it he, at least four times. Yeah, he was definitely discouraging me, or he was he was doubting me. And so uh, I started on the sandwich is cut into four big chunks, right? Even when you order a half a sandwich, it's cut in half because it's a big sandwich. And so I start going. It was like four normal size sandwiches. <laughs> what did I was reading reviews on Yelp, and someone's like, "Yeah, you can order a whole sandwich, and it's already split into four pieces, so it's perfect for four people." <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I'm. That is actually true. Or and one th- small person. And this, this I think is something that I noticed. <laughs> shut the fuck up! I just got that. <laughs> this is something that I noticed through uh, our our stuff your face fest the other day. Is like I'm not a marathon athlete in any sense. Of like I'm a sprinter. I can eat a lot of food in a short amount of time, but I feel like for the most part, I don't think I ate a much larger volume of food than anyone else that we spent the day with. But I don't think that everyone on that day could have finished the sandwich. If that makes any sense, it does. Of like I can I can eat a lot, but I can't eat a ton spread out over a long period of time. Just like I could run real fast for a short period of time, but you're not going to talk me into doing a marathon. Yeah. We did a food marathon the other day, which is why I feel like I didn't perform as well as I would have expected. Long story short, <laughs> long story short, I keep keep my pace up and I get through the whole sandwich. Everyone from PD had left by this time, and you guys had been finished eating for what twenty minutes by the time I finally finished my sandwich. Meh. I remember by the end you're like, I'm tired of Dude, chewing. I, I would my it's my so my mouth was fully like was exhausted <laughs> from chewing all that, that bread. Bread was dense, and yeah. as it as it cooled off, it got harder. It got tougher to chew as well, and then. I, I would have not finished the whole thing had the guy not talked shit to me. Right. So I've got to be a little bit grateful <laughs> that he doubted me and put me down. Otherwise, I mean, it would have been no difference. I would have taken a fourth of the sandwich home and had a snack for later in the night. But because he told me I couldn't do it, I took a lot of joy in finishing the whole sandwich, taking the massive tray that they serve this giant sandwich on back into the guy. And I was like, yo, my man, just wanted to make sure you got this back. And and, and set the tray down on the counter. And then I had the wrapper for the cookie in my hand and said, yeah, and and the cookie, too. Don't forget. Enjoy the five dollars I let you keep. And then we bounced. It was really great. That is awesome. Dude, I ate most of my sandwich. I had a half sandwich and I can eat a lot of food and I got close to the end and I'm like, I'm going to feel like ass if I eat any more of this. And I ate about three fourths of it. <laughs> you ate that much more. It was but, ridiculous. But I mean, I felt like I felt like I couldn't let you guys down either because you had both <laughs> stood up to the guy yeah. for me. Yeah, and you were like, like no, he's going to finish it. I'd 100 take that. And bet. it's like, yeah. fuck, like I can't take the bet. Have my friends <laughs> talk to the guy and say I'm going to finish it and not finish it. So uh, I felt pretty good like 20 minutes after we left. But man, those last few bites were uh, were a struggle for mm. sure. Though, uh, Did it come out in one huge log? You know, I, <laughs> I, I think I, I, I probably just pooped a couple extra times the next day. Dude, I pooped an extra time today. I think all the food the other day just finished. <laughs> I think I just left three meals worth of poop in my toilet earlier, man. Congratulations. <laughs> man. Uh, remember the time I broke my toilet? Remember that story? <laughs> I don't know if I remember that time. Oh, we told it on the show at some point. I, fell, I sat on my toilet and the tank behind me exploded. 
All of a sudden, you sit down. The wall behind you goes away. Water's everywhere. Your pants are around your ankles. You jump up, realize your phone now falls in your pants around your ankle. Water's everywhere. You're trying to clean up the water with towel. You're trying to, oh, my God, get my phone out of the water. Oh, my God, there's blood all over the place. Oh, my God, I cut my hand open on okay, porcelain, the turning off from? the water. <laughs> turning off the water, you, the tank sliced my hand open. You don't remember. Yeah, this was a fucking epically horrible moment story. <laughs> no, it, it, it's none of that's made up. That is the, that is what happened. It was horrible. Well, I'm sorry. You, dude. Yeah. Anyways, we uh, Manzanos. If you're ever into land, eat a man- Manzanos. Uh, everybody will tell you eat at Thai sushi. For a few years, I thought Thai sushi was the description of the restaurant because they serve guess what steaks and no, they serve Thai and sushi. No, what's the actual name of the restaurant? It said Thai Sushi on the sign. Yeah, it, yeah, it did. Yeah, and it, actually, it was this trip that I realized, because I looked it up online. I'm like, I'm on Yelp going, it is actually named Thai Sushi. <laughs> Boy, they made life fucking easy, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Indian joint down Super the road? Super hard to pick a pl- something to eat there, though. It, it does yeah. It does seem to have a name that's attached to Thai and Sushi. Does it? Yeah, there was, it there was a name. O-U-D-O-M, Outam Thai Sushi. O-U-D-O-M, Odom? Odom? Oh, yeah, yeah. Odom, good sushi. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we wrap up the last show on Thursday afternoon after lunch with a dude named Brad Cole. Uh, Brad, I have known. The first time we met was in passing in 2006. We figured that out on the show. Like, you ever know you know somebody? Shit, dude, when we did the tour of UPT, you know, of, P- of the land... You and Bob Crossman, when we walked in the student room, both looked at each other like you owed each other five bucks. Yeah, I knew I knew his face for sure. Yeah, and uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to recall his name, but uh, he, you know, he reminded me that we had met on my uh, last trip there, and then it came back a little bit. I appreciated Su- super friendly guy. Really I feel nice like I had, he had a very different haircut than when I remembered meeting him. Um, just because we'd recently become social media friends. I uh, looked at a couple of his pictures, and it looks like Bob is in about that time and age of life that I'm in where you suddenly start looking much older quicker and different than you did 10 years ago. You do look older. I mean to tell you that. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's all the gray in my chin. So, um, I'm fucked, dude. So Brad, uh, uh, Brad was our last guest, and he manages DRC or something like that for a title, the Land Research Corporation. They do all the test jumping. And that was a lot of fun to listen to him talk, tell stories. That was cool. I uh, I will tell you, Nick, my favorite part of his stories is, remember you and I doing some test jumps recently? I remember those test jumps. Um, how many times have you been the lead videographer for a equipment testing process? <laughs> the lead videographer at equipment testing process? I would say I've done it precisely 29 of those skydives. No, but how many times have you been the lead videographer? Oh, for one project. Yeah, yeah, and before that, none. How many times have I been the, the guy doing the test jump or leading the testers? Uh, I would bet a, a bet zero was a pretty reasonable That was estimate. the same. So we had to figure out a lot of this process together. And then we did a job. We figured it out. And then when we listened to him tell us the things they do and how much time they spend on the ground in briefing and what they do to walk and what they do to debrief, I'm like, Nick, 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 that, did you think at any moment that's what we were doing? And it was kind of cool to have be, be validated like we did what they did. Yeah, I felt like I was kind of in the club a little bit, for sure. Yeah, and, and it's not that I'm by any means smart. The fact that we actually got it right, a lot of what I did, I did by some leadership, asking some friends, getting some help, asking advice from other people. Um, 
but it was really cool to hear some of that. And then Brad, it was just cool to see what all he's done in the sport over his time in life and what he's accomplished. So I had a good time on the trip. Uh, all in all, I loved the party afterwards at Carl's house, I think was just kind of a random gathering and that they also invited us to, uh, we were kind of the excuse. Um, it was so much fun. In my brain, I've called it the rap party. Well, have you called it that at yeah, all? Yeah, it was really nice to <laughs> have <laughs> that. Nick is now. Like it no, was, I'm it not. was the perfect rap. I will not say that. <laughs> it really was, and I enjoyed it because we stopped and grabbed some drinks, and I did enjoy getting this that first minute to toast with you guys. So, uh, it was a it was a lot of fucking fun. That was for sure. And then hanging out with everybody that night, catching up, telling more stories. It was a good time. Yeah, for so, sure. If we do it again, where do we go? Besides Voss. Because I'm for real, man, besides boss. I guess we could uh, let the uh, investors decide, also known as the fans who <laughs> who uh, sent us on this uh, first trip. Uh, for I think any, anyone who wants to support another adventure has uh, has a say. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to think of another place that's uh, you so know, got the concentration of, of skydiving-related people that Delan does. I think Paris would I be mean, cool. I mean, Paris would be, would be one. Skydive Arizona, maybe. But uh, so from Paris, we can pull about three or four bigger names and not from Paris, but between Paris, Elsinore, uh, San Diego, Oceanside, we can get a few and then we can get two or three, four, you know, that balance, because I liked in Deland, we threw it across the board of notoriety. Mm -hmm. That's our style. Um, So I think Paris is possible. I I definitely think Paris is possible. Um, After that, where else is possible? I it's. PI uh, Arizona actually is very possible. There's enough people there. Yeah, I think there's certainly enough experience in Arizona, and certainly enough big names there that call it home that we could get some some interesting guests for sure. I mean, if we can do it here, we can do it there. Yeah, yeah. If we can get the timing figured out for an Arizona trip, that would be good. I've thought for a long time about PIA, but I just don't think it's a good idea. Tell me why. Um, tell me why. Is Ain't that, nothing. But is that an NSYNC song? Yeah, I don't know, dude. But we got there. Full circle. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, I never want to hear. So I want it that I, I'm tr- sorry. I'm just continuing to sing the lyrics <laughs> till I can figure out the title of the song. <laughs> that means he's typing. Um, so PIA from certain hours. Oh, shit. It's Backstreet Boys. It's Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. So I'll be. Um, I, I just heard from LMB that they bought uh, that they paid for rooms already for PIA. I just talked to Jacob like, "Yo, man, we got the rooms. We're good to go." Um, talking about the setup, so I already know I'm going to be there with LMB again, taking care of whatever. So I have like my afternoon from three to the rest of the evening kind of dedicated. Um, before that, uh, I either want to do seminars, and I think you also are interested in doing seminars. Yeah, um, and also. I think you might go for Spaceland if you don't go for anybody else. I think there's a chance you're going to PIA no matter what business-wise. There's a good chance, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a man I mean, and just even for, I really enjoyed going uh, this, this last PIA, so I might go again just based on my enjoyment and my personal experience. I will tell you a good reason to go. It is healthy for your sponsored relationships. And I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. I'm not saying that to Nick. I'm saying that to anybody <laughs> listening. You want to be a sponsored athlete or you are a sponsored athlete, show up. Spend a day in your sponsor's booth and say hi to people if you're a known commodity. If you're not a known commodity, spend a day in your sponsor's booth and get to meet the customers and the guests and help answer questions and hang out. It, it really, it's, a, it's a, just a damn good time. Um, I do know, I was encouraged as a young sponsored athlete to, to make my face there because I'm in the industry. 
And I do now know and hear behind the scenes a lot of people say it makes a huge impact on the sponsors when they see you at the symposium. Um, so seminars kind of block off the first half of the day. We can't do anything the second half of the day because of the expo floor. If you or I are both hey, represented. Hang up. I just want to toss this out here. Uh, Jacob Henderson uh, produ- per, uh, proposed the idea of a Midwest tour. Scott of Chicago and Chicagoland. Scott of Midwest. Uh, Rook Nelson would be awesome to hear on the podcast. Who I think oh, is in town strong. next week for those. Uh, okay. So those, those if we get. Are those jumps sh- a secret? Those jumps? No, man. We night jumps? They were on Facebook. They were on Instagram. Oh, yeah. They're promoting on Instagram. Okay. So yeah. there's a world record night pyro jumps happening. And there there are some pretty big names on that list. Steve and Sarah Curtis are going to be in town. I think Rook's in town. So the problem is they're night jumps. We do it at. If there's a weather day, it might work out. If there's a weather night, for sure, let's do a show. They're only doing... So Friday, Thursday and Friday, they're doing practice jumps during the day. Mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday, they're doing one practice jump. We could technically do a session somewhere, but it would really be squeezing it in. And on a weekend for you or me to... Oh, it's safety day. I can't do that. Well, again, if there's, if there's weather... I mean, are you bringing the computer set up for safety day like you did before? No. He's well. bringing his computer for safety day. I bet he's still got um, OBS on there. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, you know my old computer that used to be here? I remember that computer. It's in my desk upstairs. You know, I might have, I'm going to say might, maybe. I was looking at new laptops. I almost bought one spontaneously yesterday, so I might have another computer to dedicate to the cause. You are doing new fucking, I, dude, I, you really need to buy a new laptop. Yeah, that thing's, uh, it's earned its keep. You make years. your living off that motherfucker, dude. You You actually make money off that thing. It's an investment. Hey, just because uh, I know you're still wondering, I did look up a list of NSYNC songs. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Bye, uh, bye, yeah. bye. Uh, it's gonna be May. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yep. You're tearing up my heart. What, nope. No? Nope. Oh, well, those are the three I recognize. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lost after that. Okay, well, I was a bigger uh, JT fan than you. Uh, it's almost an age thing. I love you. I think I'm, dude, I am a Timberlake fan, but it's an age thing. If you think about how old you were and how old I am. God, you're so much older than me. I'm. Do you, you ever think about it? I'm like 13 years older than you. What year were you born? 73. Yeah, 13. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, the very I'm, very. I'm an end. Eight, uh, 86er. Yeah. God. Yeah, but I'm at the very beginning. So, minus a year because I'm at the very end. Wait, how old are you right now? <laughs> 36. <laughs> you gotta be 48. Uh, no, I'm not. Um, hold on a second. Are you 47? God damn it! Stop making me do math. I'm 46. You don't know. 46. How, you don't know how old you are. Right I'm 46. Now. Yeah, no, dude. So when <laughs> I was younger, and I'd ask my dad his age, and dad like couldn't know his age or couldn't know his age. Hey, you guys be here. I was like, how do you not know your age? And over the last yeah. few years, I have gotten to the point where like, how old are you? I'm like, um, math. Hmm. <laughs> I'll be 47 this year. All right. Well, so, yeah. you're not as old as I thought. No, you're not as old as you look. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. It is really good. It's the Asian genes. You don't bug with you. I don't think you look 46. Oh, no. I regularly hear compliments about how young I look. Especially when you shave that beard oh, off. Oh, dude. And you look like a 25-year-old lost little Chinese boy. It's the revise. <laughs> revise? Yeah, the Asian genes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's good. I like it. I, like it. I, I love when I get Nick because he doesn't want to laugh. He's like, I don't want to give you the satisfaction. Yeah, it's it's stupid, but I mean, 90%, 90% of the jokes I make that I love are not worth laughing at if you're anybody else. I enjoy them because they're stupid. I enjoy stupid jokes, so I'm good with it. Um, I really, what was Jacob's name again, dude? Was that his name? Henderson. 
Jacob Henderson, yeah, Midwest. Yo, man, that but is Ru- a Ruben super. Nelson might be in town. I just want to throw those ideas out that uh, there are some big names on the list of attendees for that record. Okay, first of all, Jacob Henderson, super legit. We got to keep that on the list. Nick, um, maybe we consider throwing a STP room show again? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt just to have the setup and say, hey, if we have a weather hole, I mean, even if we started a show at yeah. 9 p.m. I would do one of those... Um, I would do one of those. If we did that show, I would do it from my phone because my phone has enough upload speed to maintain a video feed. And we'd have good audio because I have a cable for that now. Last time we did a DZ feed, we didn't have good audio. So not not for the live feed. Um, can you kind of stay point man on asking and talking to people because you're going to be involved with them? Yeah, I can uh, make a mental note. I'm, uh, I'm going to pull up the event right now and see if I recognize any other uh, names that might be worth asking. Yeah, great news. Constantine will promote the hell out of it. He is actually very good at, at promoting his friends and helping his friends put things together. He Anytime I've asked him for a favor like that, he's done it. So um, I'm sure if we had somebody we wanted him to help nudge, we would just have to decide if they want to be nudged by Constantine or not. Gross. Gross. <laughs> he's got to poke you. He's going to... P- no, that's gross. Um, damn. So when's our next show? We'll figure that out. We, we will put it together. PIA, do you see why it won't work? Does that make sense now? Uh, I mean, it would if I had listened to you, but... I didn't. Okay, perfect. Where is it this year? <laughs> Cincinnati. Huh. Cincinnati. Um, so, yeah, not, not super excited, but I also but wasn't excited about Chattanooga, but they had dope food. So, But I've actually been to Cincinnati, so I'm not super excited. It's just not a bad town. There's good people there. That's what counts. I was going to suggest it'd be cool to go see VSE's setup. Yeah, but there's... God, it's a really pretty place. Yeah, but the amount of people to actually talk to and have on the show there... Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just I, keep hearing about the how beautiful it is there, so I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just... I guess selfish. I just want to go to enjoy dude, it. Throw out a drink <laughs> show. It, it is okay, man. It it is. Um, so we'll figure it out. And to see out. how it compares, because you guys, you guys kind of mentioned the differences between yeah. UPT and VSE. We were in one particular part of the building, saying this is basically infinity, and mm-hmm. we were in a part of the building. That's pretty surprising. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is a huge difference, man. That, that was their loft, right? That, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was their loft. Tommy Miller's also going to be in town. I do love Tommy Miller. T. Willie. Dude, I'm straight up Tommy's an easy he, call. He can, t- he can tell us about the California life. Yeah, Tommy could be on the show. Uh, There's I quite a few people there. Garrett Bloodworth, I think, is in town. I don't know Garrett, but I be I know the name. He's uh mi- he's a Midwest person. I think he's uh, an instructor of one of the Chicago tunnels. Okay. And just an all around badass flyer. Who's doing video for this event? Garrett Bloodworth and uh, Nathan Roth. Okay. Nathan was here. You may have. Uh, do you remember the Head Up record? No. The, the the head up the world head up sequential record. I yes. made a video about it. Yes, I I'm do. gonna put it up on the screen now. <laughs> yes, I do. I remember that video now. But uh, Nathan was the uh, primary videographer for those jumps, and it was a killer fire. I think he's a. I don't know if he's a still a tunnel instructor. I know he definitely has a lot of tunnel time just based on the way that he flies. So we might have a show next week. We might not. It's going to be a very play it by ear. It's weather dependent. I really hope we don't have a show next week. Not because I don't want to do the show. Um, it's because I really want these dudes and gals coming from all over to do a night world record. Dude, when's the last time I watched night jumps? I don't remember. Like, I've done my night jumps. I've watched them. I I, I support them. I just don't care. Like, it's good. I'm going to go home, guys. Have fun. I'm going to watch two night jumps next week. One of them I'm going to watch from the fucking DZ. And if you guys don't know, at Spaceland Houston, they're doing a 46-way. Is that what it is, Nick? Sequentials? It's 40-something. Yeah, it's a... 40-something. It's a pyro. Two-plane shot. 
pyro, yeah, night jumps. What was the size of the jump last Hang time? On, I gotta show the upright record. This upright uh, record that we just talked about. That's Nathan's footage right there, and it's oh beautiful. Yeah. Did we get some pretty gnarly people at RDZ? We're very blessed. And uh, now I'm gonna find the video of the last night jumps, where I think it was like a 14 way. And you could and see th- they were f- like uh, the coolest and the funnest part about it for me that I didn't I didn't consider the fact that people on the ground who are not skydivers were gonna see it. But we got on some of the local Facebook groups, like the local community groups. I remember seeing and that. And people thought it was a meteor. People thought an airplane had exploded. People thought it was a UFO. People thought it was all sorts of stuff. There's even video from people like really far north, like, you know, more than 10 miles for sure. Someone in Bay City said that they saw it, which is like 40 miles away. It's hard to believe. But uh, the, there was video from people driving down 288 just recording it and like, what the hell is this? And I tried to imagine if I didn't know it was skydivers, what would I think it was? So it's going to be several times the size of, of that it's one. It's a meteor. Mm-hmm. I plan on watching it twice, once from the DZ because it's a giant meteor and once from my house, which is a bunch of miles away. Because I want to stand here and watch. Dude, I'm going to watch the little clock. I know when you guys are off the ground. Uh, I'm going to have probably Stephanie hit you me with a five-minute call. You can use and the, then I'm gonna the use flight tracker. Flight yeah. radar. Flight radar, that's right. When, she, when she, we're on a five-minute call, I'll have her hit me up, and then I'll just sit here and watch and know, like, I got jump run on my phone. I know when jump run was away it was about to be, and, oh, my God, the sky just lit on fire. That's badass. So. Uh, what, what day? Is that safety day that they're doing that? The attempts? It's all, all the weekend of safety days. Thursday, so those, Friday, those Saturday, Sunday night are their attempts. They're doing two night attempts per night. You got the video up for anyone who's watching. If you're just listening, you might want to peek at your screen. Yeah, dude, it is fucking gnarly, man. It is one of the coolest. Like, I actually want to do a night jump. That's inside footage. Inside, that's a diver who's coming down. And then you'll have my outside view here in a second. That's my outside view. And that's a shot from the ground. Wow. That is sick. That is so sick. That is absolutely unbelievable. That's from the ground, too, that break off. And they're going to have three times as many people. Yeah. So it should be pretty crazy. I think that they're going to try and advertise it in the same uh, Facebook groups that had the posts before. Yeah, yeah. Of like, hey, you guys want to come out and be spectators? Those, those fires you saw in the sky, we're going to have an even bigger one. Hmm. And so uh, it's going to be quite the spectator event. I'm excited to see it from the ground. I only saw it from the sky before. Oh, you're not going to be, you're going to be on the ground for this one. That's my plan. I want to shoot ground footage for him. I think okay. that they already have two videographers, both of whom are traveling in to be here, and uh, both of whom I would argue shoot better video than me. I was going to so offer. So I'm going to let them do their jobs, and I'm going to get uh, everything I can get from the ground. I was going to offer to uh, grab your 4K from the ground and shoot video of that fireball for you because I thought you were going to be up there. If they pressure me into it, you're certainly uh, welcome to do that. Yeah, man. It's a. Uh well, I uh, I hope you have fun no matter what it is, but I hope you get on that jump because that, that is. How cool is that to see in the sky? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's one of those jumps that just feels like a really bad idea the whole time. <laughs> like when you're putting, you know, you're taping these lights to yourself and you're, you know, talking about, hey, this is what's going to be visible. And hey, oh, there's no moon today because we really want the pyro to stand out. And, uh, oh, and there were clouds through a good chunk of the day and there were pretty high winds through a good chunk of the day. And as everyone's gearing up and getting ready, you know, the, the there, there are just clouds. And it just doesn't feel like anything about it is is going. And then it's like, okay, oh, no, now the sky is starting to clear up. And, oh, okay, well, the wind's acceptable. Okay. 
So everything's just good enough that you can go. And then you're still on a plane at night <laughs> with very little ambient light and 14 of your friends with bombs <laughs> strapped to their feet inside oh, of an airplane. I was hoping you say it that way. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, what are we doing again? <laughs> Whose idea was this? But, I mean, it's all it's all pretty, pretty mitigated risk, and it's definitely the most visibility I've ever had on a night jump because everyone's wearing... You know these LED lights that are taped to them, and they're on fire, <laughs> so they're they're pretty visible through freefall. But uh, you know, break off and canopy stuff is still the same as any other night jump. So I think that's where those guys will be real diligent is with with forty people in the sky and night jumps and multiple planes and mm-hmm. what that'll take for the landing area and all that. That's where that's where all their planning is really gonna have to go. Just looking at that footage, I was just thinking about you deploying your canopy in the trail dude, of the fucking yeah, fire. Hell yeah! Like, how freaky is that? Like dude, holy it was, shit! It was really cool. I'm gonna try and I'll try and come up with that uh, that clip one more time. But man, it was it was crazy because I could smell the burning of the of the pyro. <laughs> oh, sorry. What? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's my bad. Sorry, I was just getting ready to uh, to pull it up. Yeah, you didn't dab at me, bro. Where was the dab at? All right, so we're pulling it back up here. Oh God, fucking duck. Yeah, right. All right, going back up on the screen. Right there, I smelled it, and right oh there, God. I really smelled it. <laughs> Holy shit! But I, I was. Th- Constantine told me that th- what comes out of it at first is uh, is actually hot, and has chunks of metal in it. But that <laughs> I don't know how you have cold burning pyro. I don't <laughs> even know what the fuck that means, or if that's just something you tell your friends so they're not as afraid of it. Honestly, right here, when I had planned this out, I wanted to fly over top of them during the breakoff because I thought that, you know, that view of looking back down at the sparks yeah. was pr- going to be pretty cool, and I would still argue that it is. I just didn't think I would still be in the midst of the burning <laughs> stuff. You're going to be coming out. Because they're all <laughs> flying, like, they're all super vertical, and I bellied the fuck out. Like, I thought I was going to be so high above them. <laughs> and you're like, and, ah! And I, and I was. I mean, I was still pretty... Sorry, I'm fucking this up for anyone that's watching it. I was still, like, I was really high above them. I was surprised to still be looking up at <laughs> Sparks right here. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, it's going to work. <laughs> but there wasn't uh, anything on my uh, on my canopy at all, like, as far as marks or burns or nothing. Melted. That outside footage right there, though, it's really crazy, shows right? the that perspective that's of how long that's, that trail Yeah, is. that's insane to think that's from the ground. I can't wait to watch these, man. I really, watching Constantine set up the pyro for that jump that you're showing right now and watching the, the thought that went into what was good, what was bad, um, and and I will give him the credit, but the credit he will give to other people. He learned this through other friends. He is a parakeet. He's learning from others, which is what we've all done. If you're not stealing along the way, you're foolish. Um, but it looks like he's got a lot of great planning into this event, so I'm super excited to see. I hope... Um, Man, my sorry, I uh, my desk looks like it's been moved somehow. My cat, my dogs running the shit in here. Um, I, I hope we don't get to do a show because the jumps are so focused and so dedicated, and that they get a record. That's, I mean, I hope I, we don't I get a show. I think that people are showing up on Wednesday the eleventh, and they have it planned all the way through the sixteenth. So that's a five, five day, one, two, three, four, almost six days that people will be around. 
I bet we can find a spare two hours with, with one of those people. Man, it, uh, Monday morning, Monday day would be a great time to pull one or two people in because Monday night we have the show with Jesse. Wednesday night, I can't. Wednesday night, you can't. We both. I have other commitments now. I'm sure you've probably filled your calendar by this point. Um, Thursday night, uh, Thursday day. Uh, man, so if I want to be ready at the drop zone, I'd rather plan to do that because taking this up and down for Jesse is uh, is going to not Jesse Blake would be a trick. Um, so just it would be easiest if we can get him here. That would that would be the truth of it. Not doing a, a drop zone show because then we're bringing Blake back here Tuesday Monday night. God damn. Um, so but if, if there's a full day of weather, which it's mid March. I don't think it's outside of the realm of no, possibilities. Not at all. So if there's a, because the rules say everyone has to jump in the daytime in the light if they want to jump at night, isn't that correct for a night jump? You should know that. No, it, and it's not a rule. It's a recommendation. Oh, it's just a recommendation. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a requirement. No. no, not to my knowledge. Off the top of my head, I couldn't know. If you pull out a sim and look at page six through eight, you can tell me the <laughs> answer. <laughs> Section two dash one. But um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm positive it's just a recommendation in the night jump section. Um, and I, although a lot of drop zones are smart to follow tr- uh, USPA recommendations, keeping yourself above and beyond the recommendations are really, really good ideas. Um, that's why they're there. So are you looking that up? Six dash four night jumps. Yep. Do you want me to just read it to you? Well, so that's recommendations. Anything on there is not a rule unless it says FAR. So, uh, it's only section two dash one. Special rules. equipment procedures, general two. Say that again. What section? Two, six two dash one is the only section that are rules. Page six through eight ish. Ballparking numbers. You're I teach this manual. You're such a nerd, dude. This is my <laughs> job is to teach this manual. Um. So uh, yeah, six dash four night jumps is just recommendations. All right, I got two dash one night BSR. jumps will be on there under extraordinary jumps. Maybe student skydives. G or H? Wins, minimum opening altitude drop zone requirements. Extraordinary skydives. Night water and demonstration jumps are to be performed only with the advice of appropriate USPA, STA instructor, examiner, regional director. Pre-planned. That's all it says about night jumps. Now we've got pre-planned breakaway jumps. You know, I really support Bill Booth in using the term breakaway. Yeah. I'm going to start oh, saying versus it. cutaway? Yep. Yeah. If he invented the thing that lets it happen, I say I'm gonna yeah. say what, I'm gonna do it. Dude, that was one of the best on the show. He wanted to call cutaway yeah. systems. What are you fucking kids calling? Us? Like, yeah, you you tell us what to call yeah, it. Yeah, you you make the rules in this situation. Oh my god, was that a conversation we had on or off the air? That was him? on the air, and I said oh. we're all calling it cutaways. Now I know where it came from on uh, 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 on that uh, solo transitions class uh, malfunction video that we watch. All those OG guys calling it breakaway. It's like, oh well. That's what the guy who invented it called it. So, yeah, that makes more sense. Tandem jumps into stadium. I'm just sorry. I'm just still reading through this to make sure that that's the only rule that pertains to uh, night jumps. Performed only with the advice of the appropriate USPA, S&TA instructor, examiner. Is this the full VHS version? Yeah. Nice. That's the full version. Oh, sorry. What do you got over there? Hold (laughs) that up for the the people. Breakaway. The the, uh, malfunction video that a lot of drops and use for malfunction training, including the video that we need to replace in ours. So, um, uh, well, I, says I know bottom. a guy with some test jump experience that we could have do all those malfunctions. We just have to get some of the equipment again. And really we have some of the videos already. We don't, we only have to create so many videos, right? Yeah. We've got some of them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because we can be simulating the spinning videos, but tension knots. Th- here's a question. Would you want the 
videos to show the use of uh, or the the proper uh, procedures, including a MARD in the system or not? I don't think it matters that much to me because it's more important that they're seeing the procedures themselves. So the, the, they're seeing the visual of the malfunction and not necessarily the hands performing the actions? Both. The malfunction itself and the hands performing the actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see because if... They're never going to get to pulling a reserve uh, handle is my point. Well, they'll pull a handle, but they won't do anything. I mean, in the video, yeah, what you will see is someone pulling the cutaway handle and then... Never getting to pull the reserve. reserve I mean, they can still out, pull basically. it. Yeah. yeah, they'll pull it, but they didn't. They did nothing with it. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I could see. I could see where it'd be a benefit to not have an RSL, to where you're physically showing them like, yeah, you got to pull your reserve handle. You should never rely on it. I th- yeah. Um, anyways, so we're going to be releasing the rest of these Deland Road shows. We're going to stop talking weird stuff right now. The Deland Road show. We're going to release the rest of these videos uh, and audios over the near future. Uh, next week, my plan is to release one. We're about to vote on the next one to release, fellas. Um, after that, we have four left. Those four, I'm going to hold back for the uh, needs. Like, hey, we really need an extra week off right now. We're probably going to fill that gap that way. Um, or we uh, um, just need, uh, or we get close. After about three months, I'm going to start banging these back out if we don't get them out. But we, we've got Bill Booth and John LeBlanc up right now. Yep. Just so to celebrate a milestone, we did pass 60,000 downloads. That's kind of cool. Woo! And um, do you have a plan for who's going up next? So, man, I wanted to... Anna was my first original thought and instinct, but I kind of want to save Anna. I just want to pocket that piece of gold, man. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed my time with Jesse. Jesse was kind of the start of the whole show. He was a tour, so to me, there's a logical sense that Jesse should be the next up. Um, but I would argue any one of those videos would be a good video or, or a, a podcast to put back, back put out next. So, what do you guys say? What do you guys? Who should we put out next? Stick with Anna or go with one of the others? Hmm. I mean, we got our two heavy hitters, oh, two two biggest names. Maybe we could put uh, maybe Jesse, balance it out with a, with a newer person, fresher perspective, different different set of stories. Maybe we could do... Uh, Let's go with Jesse. All right. I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. Jesse. Just to contrast from, from what we've posted from the from the trip so Especially far. if we do like a follow-up with him when he's on tour and here. Yeah. So basically the goal is, is once a month for the rest of the next few months, we'll release one of those uh, audios. We might release one sooner than that, but you'll get at least one of those shows a month. Um, you're going to hear us call, hey, this is episode 128. Nope, it's actually at that point going to be labeled something else because I'm labeling them at release date, not at record date. Um, never thought about that till I had to go publish everything. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a problem <laughs> with that. I didn't think about. So, um, man, I really had a good time. Uh, Nick, last thing, my sister's not going to be on the show. Anything else, guys? <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know, dude. Well, I, for real, I'll talk about it. I, I, I'm really not against it. I'm not, I don't care. Debbie? What do you say? I know you're going to listen to this. <laughs> just be on the show. What's so hard? Just sit here. We'll just bullshit. Oh, I, dude, I'm positive she'd do it. I have no doubt she would do Why it. Why don't you want her to do it? I hate her. <laughs> Samesies, right? Me too. I hate her, dude. She's such a bitch. You're such a sweetheart. <laughs> don't let him talk to you that way. Debbie, I miss you. Man, the other day she called me because her car was on fire. I told her it just does that. It's okay. And she didn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> what part of the car was on fire? <laughs> she had a, she, she got a new car and whatever, like, chemicals were still on the car kind of started evaporating and smoking up Mm -hmm. and it was definitely excessive compared to normal but i was also like man i still think that might be normal she should have how smoky it was 
she took it in and she should have. She was right to take it in. But uh, I'm still mad that, like, I told you so. I, I never told her that on the phone. I never told her that through that prom. So right now, Debbie, I told you so. Nick, play that white boy music. Oh, God, I don't even have it queued up. Talk about something else for <laughs> a few more minutes. It's 8.59. Come on, I got one I got one more minute to, to do this. One more minute. He's got to figure out how to turn on the computer. Um, I, I know the computer's on, okay? And the volume's at a reasonable level. <laughs> at a reasonable Reasonable levels. Man, Reasonable uh, Rebel. super excited. March 14th, safety day at Skydive Spaceland. The Rating Center is going to be airing all the videos. As always, Justin Grubbs is going to take care of producing that. Mr. Lot's going to do camera, and we'll see you. <laughs> Someone else is controlling it. It's uh, so sorry. weird. That's my, that's my bad. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, safety day. I'm doing camera presentation. I might be a little sleepy because we're doing night jumps all night. We're giving sorry. out an Aries 2 at safety day in Houston. What? Well, I would be there, or I would be square. If you're there for the whole thing, you increase your chances of winning. Do you have to be present to win the altimeter? No, because if you sat through all the seminars to answer all the questions right, and you left early, <laughs> you get it. What was that? I didn't hear you. It's yours. <laughs> can you say? Can you tell me? Can you tell me one more time what you were saying? If you, <laughs> sorry, that probably hurt Sounds your ears. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Much. I'm not really sorry. All right, I think the show's over. <laughs> <laughs>